Hey everybody, welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's that time of the week. It's the call-in show. We're here to hear your stories about uh, what's going on in your neck of the woods. 614-655-3887 is that number to dial. Uh, We are the number one anarcho-comedy radio show in any station across the nation. And we've been doing it for nine years now. Super long time. If you want to go see the full archive, it's at WCRSFM.org. They've also air us every Sunday night. If you're in Columbus, you can listen to Street Fight on the airwaves by tuning to WCRS. Uh, We are also live streaming. So if you're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter, you can jump in and hang with everybody. Uh, There's a unified chat that works. Uh, I know that some of you... Um, some of you get here, go to the Patreon link and then you, you make comments on the Patreon page and I'll get to those of course, but if you want to get in the live chat, just head straight over to YouTube or Twitch or whatever it may be. We appreciate it as always. And if you want to help us spread this mess across the U S right now, we are raising money with a mask and shirt fundraiser. That's a pre-order that's closing in two weeks. Uh, <clears throat> wavy, the guy that did our background for our new TV show. Uh, hooked us up with a really sick design. They're fucking tight shirts. I can't wait to get them. Um, that's available at store.streetfightradio.com. And Patreon people, there's a code for you for 20% off of those as well. As a show of thank you for your continued support. Uh, we continue to do this thing every single week. I'm Brett. He's Brian. How are you? Brian. Oh, great. Wild weekend, right? I mean, not not a wild weekend wild weekend we, really we we hung out yesterday but uh news wise i feel like there's something i want to touch on because it'll be old by the time we uh uh do wednesday show yeah big news today pierre gasly wins his first formula one race it was huge yep. it was amazing the best race of the season so far that's what people were waiting for that was it yeah i couldn't believe it i was pierre in tears gasly. when He's i the real the lucky whole- pierre the whole team was screaming and yelling the way the whole uh, paddock sang the Italian national anthem, bursting their lungs with joy. It was an awesome fucking moment. It's beautiful. I loved it. It's beautiful. Uh, what I was talking about was the uh, Trump boat parade. Oh, yeah. It was the big news. <clears throat> the Lake Travis. That I couldn't stop watching. And you know, I don't get tied into the news. Too crazy a lot of times. During election year, I tend to be more into it and this sure. year way into it we were, we were talking yesterday i want to put the tv out on the patio and fucking have a watch party for the debate and not not stream it because everybody else is going to do that yeah i mean like personal enjoyment for my personal like it's a game <laughs> yeah. like it's the big game for our it is the super is the bowl of debates this You're is right. the two most intelligent men and our country going yeah. head to head and locking horns Unde- on a stage. Undecided voters are going to be tuning in to find out how they how they can handle it. You know, and when they go toe to toe. Yeah, it's like it's better than like I remember. Be- the funny thing about the debates this year is like I'm at like the same fever pitch as I was for uh, uh, Tyson versus Holyfield, which was just a huge like everybody in the world was like, I got to see this. Thing. Yeah. You know, we scammed some parents to get it for us. Oh, you did? Yeah. I was at somebody's house who was like excited to get it. And then they were mad because of what happened. And me, always being a wrestling guy, was like, that is the best possible way a boxing match could end. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. That was out of nowhere. That was the most surprising <laughs> thing I've ever seen. <laughs> maybe if you didn't, maybe if you had money on it. 
it made you a little hot under the collar. But for me, it was like, oh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, I can't <clears throat> think of a better way. Except for when that guy uh, uh, parachuted into the boxing match. That was that's another cool. good one. I like that one, too. Wasn't the one, where's the, oh, I can't remember <laughs> that one where he keeps punching that guy in the dick. He just keeps hitting him <laughs> below the belt. It's really funny, funny to see because it's like, well, this is the smartest way to win the fight, but you're not allowed to do that. So you went, I mean, you still, like, the thing is, though, do you get, di- we're so dumb. Yeah. Do you get disqualified after one under the belt? I, I don't know. I think so. I sort of feel like if I was, like, training, I would just be like, I'm just going to fucking uppercut this guy right in the fucking dick. And like, just get one. Well, you know, you have one, (laughs) you know, you have one just as hard as you can, right in a fucking burst one of his balls open. (laughs) No, like, I feel like you'll win the fight after you'll like get the KO. Well, it buys you you some time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, you will lose on points if you punch a guy in the dick. But if you don't get disqualified for it, you might not need the points is, is my point. Sure, I can I can see that making sense. It's like a <clears throat> it's like the hail mary. The low blow is the hail mary yeah. of boxing. You get in a boxing ring, right? And the guy across the ring from you is like you just know he's tougher than you after like the first three punches. You know that's got to be a fucking mind fuck. Yeah. You know, like I I I don't remember what I, I was listening to a Pancrase thing one time. Uh, uh Boz Rutten was like narrating his own. Pancrase matches. And I might be wrong about that. It might have been somebody else, but it, I'm just listening to this thing. And a guy was like, I got in there and I started to fight. And I realized that this guy hits a lot harder than I do. Okay. And that it really hurt to get hit by him. And it really made me nervous for the whole rest oh, of yeah. the fight. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> like, where it's like, I'm such a fucking weakling that if I got in and I got hit one time and I realized that the guy was just stronger than me, I'd just lay down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the fighting spirit. <laughs> I would just put the X up myself. Like, yeah. I'm done. Fuck this. Man. That has to suck, though, when you're in the middle of that and you're like, oh, my God, I've never been that hard before. Hit that hard before. You <laughs> put that in your mind. It's like when you're on a run. Like when I'm running, I'm like trying to get extra time. Um, I can feel my body give up as soon as my mind decides. Like as soon as I'm like, I'm losing it here. I can just feel my whole like body go slack <laughs> and kind of just like, all right, we're done. We're, we can crap out of the run. We got an excuse right now. <laughs> <laughs> I do that too, man. When I get like, when I push myself in anything, there does come a point where my body just like kind of turns to spaghetti and it's like, ah, you're not doing anything anymore. You're yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm, I mean, I'm into like, I'm really into pushing myself hard. That's why I like running and stuff. But there's just times when I know I'm overdoing it or, you know, there's just in the, it's, as, it's just as soon as I think it, it happens. Yeah. So, we we were hanging yesterday and uh I I was on Twitter and I saw it but I didn't read the news story and you know how like sometimes you kind of hear about something going on and you're like oh that seems interesting but then you file it away for later and then later on give it a read uh-huh that boat thing was what? fucking incredible technically not news but it is news. Oh, really? The boat parade is news. Yeah, it's in the New York Times. I consider anything in the New York Times to be news. Well, I think you. I think that's fair. I think that's or well, fake news. You oh, know how they yeah. say fake news that that whole, you know, the president 
says. But uh, so <laughs> we're giving we're giving both sides now. Yeah, fake news, fake news. Uh, what ended up happening was uh, uh, was they had they decided these guys these these Trump people decided we're gonna do a boat parade and here's why. This was their reason. It won't block traffic. Oh my is- goodness. That's all they care about. <laughs> I, know, I know. More than anything. They're like, what if I was trying to get to Wendy's before it closed and one of these BLM protests stops me? What am I supposed to do? It's what the I have the said- right to go to Wendy's right now. They can't impede my happiness. That's what the guy said. And I was like, dude, it's fucking pointless. It is a pointless protest. If you cause nobody any sort of inconvenience, then it's just like, you can just be like, nah. you it's, know what I mean? <laughs> it's a person standing on the sidewalk, yelling at people as they walk by. That's all that is. Is that it, like, we have our headphones in and we just walk by the person. We're like, whatever, you know, it sounds like, uh, just, uh, Really showing off your boat. It just sounds like dick measuring contests. Oh, really? And there were all different kinds of boats. And when I got out there, the boats started to cause wakes. Yeah. That were too much for some of the boats. And then the waves got choppy because they're boating. They don't think about the science behind boating. Obviously, they don't No, These are. Yeah, they put 10 pounds of Tannerite in a, in a laundry machine and lose a fucking finger. Yeah, <laughs> they don't they don't want to be told no or that like you can't you can't actually put this many boats here. Yeah, because if you do these boats this way, then the wakes will sink some of the boats and it sank four of the boats. They, they had four boats. sink. Yesterday. Well, they'll get a GoFundMe. Uh, they'll get bigger and better boats. God, I don't want to hear that because I. You know, the pro- well, I probably got ins- boat insurance anyway. They'd yeah, that's get a true. Boat out of the deal. If you sink your boat, you probably get another boat. That's anyway. great. That's the way. That's the American it dream. It's like if anybody deserves anything less, it's a guy with a boat. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like if I, I think had that a boat, like God and I, took that from you. Uh huh. That's not, that's like God took that from you. Right. If I finally got my boat, I would not expect you to feel sorry for me if I lost my boat. I I would I would expect you to think oh. He's just going to buy another boat. Yeah. Like this guy can just go buy another boat. Cause if you got a boat, you can buy another one. Right there. I mean, there are like working people who get boats rare there. There's always like every blue collar job I ever had. There was like one guy with a boat, one or two guys with a boat and they would take all the boys, uh, their little group of boys, not all the boys. I was never invited out to Lake Erie and they would go fish on somebody's boat. And this was every Every fucking job I ever had. Yeah. It was always like there were one or two dudes with a boat. But uh, uh, most of the people with boats are like computer programmers. Well, I'm probably not programmers, right? Like contract. The famous uh, uh, landscaping business owner. <laughs> yeah. Um, our it, favorite scapegoat. Insurance agents. Huge yes. insurance agents. Yeah. Yeah. Because boats are like not only... Are they expensive to buy? They are a payment. I don't think any of these people are buying their boats outright. Right. 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 Like it's all crap. That's a payment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you already got a boat payment. And then I have talked to people about the gas that a boat, because I always said, if we get rich, we ever got that big payday in the future, I'm going to get a boat. And every single person to the person that I've talked to is like, 
It costs a lot of money and gas and storage. Yeah. It's just everything about a boat is expensive. And also, everybody I know that's owned a boat has told me, you're just going to want to get rid of the boat as soon as you get the fucking boat. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never use the boat. Right. I know I won't. I just love the idea of being able to go on a boat. Go rent one. You're old enough. You can rent boats? Yes, you can rent boats. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll look into that. Yeah, because my my uh, uh, my wife's grandmother, when uh, she was still alive, had a yacht, but n- not a yacht yacht, like not a rich people yacht. Well, a rich people yacht, right? Like, so, okay, so she like she married this guy and they owned a nightclub, and they ended up getting a yacht, and they were like rich to the level where they were very comfortable, but. They couldn't like give the money down the line. You know what I they mean? They spent it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They spent They're it overextended. All. Yeah, like my in-laws weren't able to like live off of that. It wasn't like an estate. You know what I mean? A yacht is a thirty-three foot long pleasure vehicle. Yes. So they had that's this a huge yacht. fucking boat. It, it was big. She's Katie always tell you it's big. And it was it was fun. And what they would do is they would get on the Ohio River uh-huh. down there. They would take that motherfucker down to Florida. Yeah. And that, to me, that's a dream right there. That is a fucking wow. You know. I don't know. Um, that doesn't I mean, sound good to you. Probably no good restaurants on the way. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I, I said. <laughs> I don't know for you. That sounds fun for me. But I can also eat stuff that's been like wrapped in cellophane. <laughs> Like, I can eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. Well, I mean, there's... The thing is, if you're traveling down the coast, then you're basically taking a boat through tourist places. Like, all the way down to Florida. I don't think there's... I bet you there's not 50 miles of space on the coast that there isn't a bunch of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know people... that whole thing down there. Yeah. But, uh... It's all junk because it's on the coast. Like the East Coast is, I don't know about California because we've never gone to the beach while we were there, but the East Coast is like the trashiest part of the country. That boat, the the, uh, the ocean part, right? Like that no, whole East Coast. Oh, the whole, so the whole fucking ghost from North- A lot of it. I, I, I will say 85% of it. Everything I've been to is like Myrtle Beach. The Outer Banks, which are bad. They're not bad places. Yeah. I would visit these places. I am not above going to these places. They just aren't. They're the same place, though. Well, uh, uh, Myrtle Beach, the Outer Banks, Hilton Head. Virginia Beach? Have you been there? Tibby Island. I've not. I've not been able to go to Virginia Beach, but you've told me about Virginia Beach. Oh, no, it's junk. You, yeah, <laughs> you have given Virginia Beach a bad name. Yeah. So, like, for me, it's like... I'm at the point now in my life where I can see myself going to Myrtle Beach or Virginia Beach and like actually having a very good time, you know, post COVID yeah. or whatever. And I we talked about that this year. It's like there was a period where like anybody in my life would be like, let's go to the Outer Banks. Let's yeah. go to Hilton Head. And I would say no, because I fucking I'm almost 40 years old at the time. And it's like I've been on like four vacations and they're all in the same fucking place, which was down there in that area. Yeah. And uh, there were so many places I wanted to see. Yeah. And I've seen those places now. And now I'm willing to go to a place with the bad t-shirts 
and uh, uh, all that crap. Yeah, where know? when you go sit down to eat, they just give you a roll of toilet or a roll of paper towels, and the salt and pepper shakers are Corona bottles with with yeah. uh, holes punched in the top. They'll curse at you. Assault, you know, go to a salty dog cafe <laughs> where you like sit out on a fucking uh, uh, deck by the and overlook the water and. Like birds keep coming down and just are kind of walking around on the. Oh, it's the worst. What's up? Jonathan Dennis in the chat brought up one of the favorites. This happens usually two or three days in. You've been beat up by the sun for several days now. You get home and you're like, you know what? I don't want to go out, gang. Can we just order pizza maybe and put on a movie? Oh, <laughs> and yeah. then you get to try the worst pizza you've ever had in your life because it's beach pizza. Yes, yes. I once, I, I forgot to bring towels. The last time I went to the beach and I went, <laughs> what? Yes. I forgot to bring towels. Oh, the yeah. last time I went to the outer or I went to Oak Island. Right. Uh-huh. And I went to the beach store to buy the towels. It's a very long time in my life. I was making some money, but not like a lot. You know, it's cable money. I was making the cable money, which I make more now than I did then. Uh, uh, but you don't pay taxes. True. <laughs> uh, I will. Though. Yeah, yeah. And then trust me. Yeah, we're going to have to adjust seen, the math soon. We're going to have to figure that out. Uh, so I make more now than I did then. And uh, uh, the money, I got down there and I went and I wanted, a, I had to get a towel. I went to the store, the souvenir store. Right. Uh-huh. Yep. And uh, they had three towels for $10. <laughs> but they had all these other towels too. Uh-huh. But I saw three towels for $10. So I bought three towels. Yeah. For $10. Paper mache towels? Not paper mache. They were more uh uh waterproof, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you like start like trying to dry yourself off and it's like Rain-X. It's yeah. just like beating. It just sheets off of it. I bought a I went and bought one forever ago. I bought this Rottweiler towel. It just says Rottweiler real big and it's like a Rottweiler standing there all diesel. And my wife was like, "So, so I guess this is is this your main beach town now?" And I was like, "No, not at all because it doesn't work. It's so hard. It's plastic basically. Yeah. It's like a piece of astroturf. The water just doesn't stick to it." That's why I was looking yesterday. This at- is an art tang on the wall. This is like a a mural. I was looking at something, yes. I was looking at those mirrors you used to get at the carnival yesterday online. <laughs> no, not even mirrors. Printed out a piece, they print out a piece of paper, they put it in a cardboard frame and slide a piece of glass in front of it. Some of them, but there were other ones that were mirrors and they would like yeah, but spray paint it off. But you dug up the glass ones, which I remember cutting my fucking hands open on a Bart Simpson cl- piece of glass. <laughs> Me too, buddy. Me too. I had a Cinderella one, the band. Uh-huh. Cinderella had a Guns N' Roses one. I I want to get like ten of those and make those my living room decor now. Really? If I, I if we could have made that wall those mirrors, I would have just fucking tiled it. <laughs> those mirrors. The mirrors were so hard to get. I always wanted the Budweiser like Babes one, but they were like oh you always had to win like ten times or something. You, it would be like the extra large prize. I never got the mirror finish one. God, well, like no, never. You're won talking it. about. I think you're talking more about the bigger ones. Yeah. Right? No, I'm just talking about the small square ones. That's a mirror? Uh, uh, yeah, because it would be a mirror that I think they, like, sprayed. Right. It was like a sprayed etching. on etching. Yeah. And it was cheap. It had to be. It had to cost fucking nothing. Yeah. You know? And, uh, like, the ones that, and, like, my parents would get mad when you, you got a bottoms up or, like, a. <laughs> 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. hot chick with a, a, a Corvette. Yeah. But it like really made me uh, uh, wish. It made me feel weird about the times we're in now. Because when you go to a carnival now, the prizes aren't good. The, yeah. the prizes at a carnival are never going to be good because <clears throat> carnies buy them. Yeah. And that's just the way it works. But they're all like not. It's not like the same character of of like my friend Adam got a garbage no it was yes it was a marilyn manson mirror uh-huh and it had shirley manson from garbage on it. oh yeah <laughs> and like it was just shit like that man where it was like just the yeah you know winnie the hoop bear yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just cynical shit yeah and like i want that it's like the only thing you really get out of a carnival now is they have stuffed minions and stuff like that. Whatever yeah. the big character is. They, yeah. they probably got a stuffed Ferdinand from the John Cena movie, I'm sure. But, like, they they don't... <laughs> the John, John Cena vehicle. Yeah, Ferdinand, remember that? That rocks. It's a good movie. We watch it a lot. <laughs> it's popular. That's like when Glenn was really into Fred Claus, and it was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, like, yeah, it's just... It's like back then you could get... Like some real fucking junk. At, yeah. That, <laughs> like some real like cynical, crummy rock and roll junk. I remember being a kid and yeah, like getting just an ACDC, <laughs> a piece of paper with a, just a pane of glass in front of it. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Because <laughs> on your wall. Because on your wall. <laughs> and then you're like, I don't. I would get also mad because I didn't want it too. And they would get mad at me then and say I'm ungrateful or something, you know? Yeah, trying to find a band you like too. Like, I, I really like Guns N' Roses, but Guns N' Roses was like on a different level than Cinderella. Right. So, uh, like, I was like, well, I mean, I like like nobody's fooled by cinderella i guess i'll i'll take cinderella yeah because i didn't win the motley crew level of fucking picture. yeah you know yeah <clears throat> a piece of paper and a pane of glass <laughs> it's fucking you know what though better than what they give now i think yeah it's all it's all just like the thing about it it's boring ip it's like the regular ass ip that you buy it's basically like winning a prize at a carnival now is like when you get to dig out a prize at the dentist when you're a kid. It's basically just the same shit you would get for a prize at the dentist. You know, the, the big festival we have in, 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 in my neighborhood, uh, a lot of the kids win two liters of pop, which I, it's, it's amazing to me because that's something... You put a fucking two liter in my hand when I was a kid, and trust me, it'd be gone in a yeah, half a day. It's not gone. Day. Yeah. You know, I'd be walking around with fucking two liters. Like, I, I got to drink this before it goes flat. Yeah. Because it would be like 89 cents for a two. You would see that a two liter was 89 cents, and you'd be like, why am I buying a fucking can? You know? And get a two liter for 89 yeah. cents or a three liter. They used to, the generic pop had three liters. Lots of pop. It was called lots of pop. And I would get that all the time. We can take to the phones now. That was fun. The boat sank. Maybe we'll get some Portland calls tonight. Maybe we'll get <clears throat> some small business tyrants. Yeah, I hope Maybe so. Maybe Andrew Yang will call in. That would be interesting. Will you sure. bug Andrew Yang listeners? Just tell them to call into the show and talk about WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment. All right. Also, just hit Twitter support and tell them to fix my account. You know? 
I just put in another <laughs> ticket today. This is two weeks in another ticket. And my new account is still only at like 7,000 followers, which is, it's really kick. Cause if I could get this up to 31 K, I would just forget about the old one. Right. I mean, you'll get there again. Hmm. All the greats had to rebuild at one point. Who? I don't know, but they didn't have to rebuild like this. Like they didn't stall. Well, I'm not stalled out. I keep getting about a hundred, 200 a day. Yeah. But I feel stalled out, you know, it yeah. bums me out. All right, let's get on the phone. All the greats did have to rebuild. Maybe I'm a great now. Thank you for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Uh, this is Danny, uh, the bike messenger from Brooklyn. And, uh, you're, you, you caught me literally as I'm delivering food to someone. Cool. Tell them we said hi when you... Oh, is it a no-contact delivery? Uh, some of them are. Some of them aren't. It kind of depends. I love a no-contact. I'm so into no-contact delivery now that uh, I, it's going to be hard to go back, in my opinion. I mean, it's super cool when they come down from like a, a four-story walk-up. Walk that's super awesome. I really appreciate that. Oh, we don't have those though. See, that's that's the setup for us. We don't have we don't have tall buildings, so you just really it's walking up to my porch and putting it on the porch. I love it. Yeah, there's like a weird ordinance in Brooklyn where if a building built before a certain time, like 1920 or whatever not required to have an elevator so if you're in like certain parts of williamsburg and you see like oh it's going up to 7g it just means you're about to climb up seven sets of stairs oh fuck I yeah we not. did we did some of that in uh new york when we were there that's a lot to get used to yeah it's uh it's really something uh i actually uh, i had um i feel like you guys probably brought this up in the past um, I mean, obviously, we talk about small business tyrants and what have you all the time, but has anybody just sort of um, touched on, like, the concept of, like, I don't know, just, like, that one coworker that you have that just sort of ruins it for everybody? Yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of people, I think, I, I think a lot of people worry about like, coming out, like, they think it's, like, bad solidarity or whatever, but, like, I mean, we all do have somebody like that, so it's something that I'm into. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's time to develop the whole workplace. I think that is an important part of it. There's somebody that you can't trust. There's somebody that is making the numbers way too high and not willing to work less, you know, uh, that are looking out for themselves, and it kind of ruins it for everyone else. It makes everybody else more cutthroat. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, I work as a bike messenger during the day, and I work for a really small company. And then there's this one guy uh, who I work with who has this. I, I mean, I don't know. You guys are probably familiar with these people who who have like you're like, oh, this this person is manic, and like I did comedy for ten years until Corona hit, and then I couldn't do it anymore. So I've seen tons of media all over the place, and I was working with this guy, and I'm just like. Oh yeah, this guy, this guy's manic. Like he's he's kind of crazy, and he just ruins it for everybody else around him. I just wish people would not invest so much in their job if it's just like a regular job. It's like hang out. He's like he's thinking about it all the time. 
Is he like sending out oh, absolutely. group texts to people on how to improve performance and shit? That is exactly, you hit it right on the head. That's exactly what's happening. It's hard though, man, because like the way I think about it is when I was, when I was working at the cable company, right? Like I didn't have a connection to the rest of the workers there. I didn't like anybody really. And, uh, and, uh, I, I, I didn't play softball with them. I didn't go on the, I talked about the fishing trip. I didn't go on that and just didn't have like a relationship outside of the workplace. But like, there were a lot of people there that were like, I remember talking to a guy, he, he was a lead and he's like a guy that I would never sort of be friends with in real life. You know, he's, he's like a real square guy. And I remember telling him like, Oh man, I, you know, I want to do something else with my life. I want to, I want to do some kind of show business or, or art for my job. And he, he was like, Oh, you know, Brian, that's really great to hear. But, uh, I, I, you know, I'm a lifer, I'm a cable guy for life. And like, I, I kind of thought about it and I was like, you know, if I had made that decision for myself, then it would be sad not to give my whole self over to it. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would just be like, I'm doing this for the rest of my life. And I also like hate it. And I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm like, it's kind of, I, I had never settled on that as my job, not hanging out with people at work was sort of my way of saying I haven't just settled on this as being my life. My right. best days are still ahead of me. Sure. I guess. And maybe that's even the way you look at it compared to the other guy who's like, well, I'm probably going to be a bike messenger for the future, for the foreseeable long future. So I might as well make the best of it. It's just like on your side of it, it's like I wish he would quit trying to motivate me. <laughs> See, that's the funny part. Is like I totally respect those lifer guys you were talking about because every guy I've met like that who is really like that, they they have like an element of children to them. Yeah, and just sort of satisfaction to whatever they're doing, which is a really admirable trait. And I really, I really do that and not admire that and think that's a good thing to have. It's those people who are just sort of like on that bleeding edge of just sort of like, uh, is this like a diagnosable thing? Is this not who really feel the need to just like dominate everybody else? Like I had a, I, I worked at a, a college bookstore once and had like a really similar thing happen once where this one girl who was literally hired the exact same time as me uh, we started working as temporary workers, and then, for whatever reason, she started telling everybody what to do, and it was really weird, because it puts you in that position where you're like, you're not my boss. Like, you're, like you, the other guy we got hired with, like, we're all equal, and it's, it's really strange that you're doing this right now. Like, just please, be chill. Yeah, I mean, that is always frustrating, but... Honestly, that is the way to being the boss. Like that is how you get to the point where you're going to be management. Like uh, I've told the story about this guy, this guy, Jeff, I worked with where uh, he snitched on the guy that was training him for going home and playing video games when he was supposed to be working. And uh, uh, Jeff ended up a supervisor that then ended up in a role 
higher than my immediate supervisor. And he got there yeah. because he always acted like a supervisor. Yeah. From his first day at work, he was like, I'm going to be a supervisor. And he acted like one. Yeah. And that's how he pulled it off. Snakes can fly in corporate America. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean, it is a snake thing. But it, it, I it's think also he is a snake and I think it's wrong. But it's also like, first of all, if you're training somebody, and we've said this on the show before. You do not show them your whole self. Yeah. Ever. I mean, yeah, you don't ever. Oh, absolutely never. Yeah, you don't think you don't ever think that. Don't ever think that. Oh, this person's cool. I can tell him I smoke weed. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You, you you keep them at arm's length. <laughs> Most likely, they're not going to work there in three months. So yeah. You keep them at arm's distance until then. No reason to become friends anyway. Until you know the person. Maybe you work with somebody for a month. I think that is a situation where you can feel comfortable. Uh, like revealing things about yourself, but like if you're training somebody, you need to like do the job the yeah. way you do it because if you don't do that, they can also, get you in trouble. When also, they don't- yeah, the sorry, your boss usually goes to your trainee and says, "How did they do?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I uh, so that's yeah. I whenever I trained, it was just I had a, a happy-go-lucky attitude, and I told him what I was supposed to do because new people mm-hmm. are nervous and they want a job, and they're not going to lie to cover your ass. Right. Right. It's funny though. I mean, like that is something it really feels like that is that a uh, kind of you have to have a certain level of job to encounter these people because I have found. Well, no, that's not true, because there were people at McDonald's when I worked there in Chuck E. Cheese. I, I remember a guy at Chuck E. Cheese that was no higher than me. He got hired like maybe six months before me. So I guess seniority, but that doesn't really mean anything. Because it can like rise up, you know, you can make it yeah. up through there. But like that guy ended up being a supervisor and he was always narking on people. And like he was, he, he just went in there and he worked harder than everybody else. And like you just had to, you got to work around that guy. He's one of the guys you hide from. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's complicated too by the fact, um, like, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how uh, many different types of jobs you've had. I know you've mentioned a bunch of them, but just can't remember all, all of them. But like, there's a really, you run into a, a weird sort of um, brick wall when you kind of work what I guess some people would kind of consider like, you know, those quote unquote outlaw jobs. Like, like bike messenger is kind of like wherever you go. It's one of the things where like, I mean, at least back in the mid 2000s, like anybody could get it as a job. So like you yeah. could be quasi homeless and get that job. So it, it just like kind of twists reality even more when you're working in a job where people around you are like live very um, eccentric and, you know, unique lifestyles. And then you've got a guy who's just like, oh, you know me, I just I, I work. I work the hardest I ever could. And I, I'm trying to please the boss in every single way. And it's like, buddy, we this like. You do this job so you can literally ride a bicycle 50 miles a day right. and not be inside. Like, yeah. why? Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if he, exactly. You would be, he would do a lot better, like, going to, like, fucking Jimmy John's and getting the fastest delivery times available <laughs> and, and becoming, like, a national franchise. Like, it's not, like, in the world of just independent contract, is it independent contract work? Or do you get... 
benefits? It technically is. It is uh, technically independent contract work, but I would like kind of, because it's like only like a company of like six, I would place it like one rung above that because like my boss is actually a really cool person and without really revealing too much about him, he is like an actual real deal revolutionary, like from the 80s. Okay. I really can't say very much, uh, yeah, say no. much about him, but it's like, suffice it to say, is like he's on the right side of history. Uh, yeah, uh, I believe that. Yeah, bike people. I mean, the bike uh, the bike community here is wild as hell, and there's a bunch of them. Um, and, and you know, it is a part of the that that uh, of the world. But um, I also can see what you mean with the outlaw thing, where it's kind of like, you know, what uh, we move documents and things back and forth for people that don't want to deliver. So, uh, and like you said, yeah. this, is, this is a bike ride. This is for riding bikes. Like this isn't. There's nowhere to go. Like for, you can start your own company, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to be the manager of the bike people, right? You just need to do the the messaging, right? Yeah, exactly. Also, complete. This is like I I, I wanted to mention it. I don't know if it's uh, completely helpful. Um, I don't live in Portland, um, but I did live there for a decade, uh, so I can't speak to any of the actual protests that are happening on the ground. Uh-huh. But if you ever we're curious about Portland. I can maybe answer a question or two. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll probably, ha- I, I'm sure we'll get some callers from Portland. Yeah, tonight. I'm hoping. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I think uh, a lot of those, those protests are happening around the same place that Occupy happened, like back in 2011. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Like, you know, you, that's sort of the hope for, for something like, like that's the place that, you know, it's good to have them in a place that is, recognized as a uh, sort of place where political action happens. That's where the ones in Columbus did too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I, I don't know anybody personally involved with it, but you know, you hope for the best there. It, it just seems like um, ever since I left in 2016, it seems like the, um, the kind of like bad boy element and just sort of weird right wing element really, really reared its ugly head. Uh, kind of like uh, since Trump got elected, because there was always that undercurrent of like white nationalism there, uh, but it was kind of buried in the suburbs, like Gresham or Jackdale yeah. or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a higher level of, of, I mean, organization like against the state and against the police, but on the same time, the right wing element is much stronger too. Ours here are mostly like Bubba's that are out in the country that you know. They tried to do a drive-through. They tried to. They met up in like Circleville and drove downtown to do like a, a you know a big ass truck parade. But they weren't like shooting paintballs at anybody or, or knifing people and shit, you know. And when we went to like Eugene, there was just like people that were showing us literal wounds from fighting Nazis and shit. Like this guy had two teeth punched through his fucking lip, uh, and you know all kinds of fucking, oh yeah all kinds of fucking war battle wounds that. Uh, it just isn't that level in Columbus. Oh yeah, Eugene is a wild place. Like I think for a long time it was maybe the anarcho like capital of the United States. There was like a lot of um, people, like good people who lived in Eugene. But I don't know. It has the same sort of feel as Olympia, Washington. You know, it's like surrounded by the trees. It's, you know, it's got a major college there, University of Oregon. Yeah, but you know, if you want to, if you want to disappear, like. You can if you want, if you yeah. want, and like the outskirts of Eugene. All right. Well, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. Um, is there any way people can follow oh, along, sure. follow along with your your biking? 
Do you have a Twitter or anything? Yeah, like uh, yeah, you can uh, you can follow me if you want uh, at Danny Phelps on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and uh, I got a podcast about finance and uh, risk specifically in the financial world. It's, it can get kind of like I don't know we try to keep it as relatable as possible, but it, you know it's only so much you can do when you're talking about finance. But if you want to check that out, the podcast is called Ponzi Stream. So yeah, all right. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for calling in. Peace. Thanks. Was talking to Brett yesterday about uh, um, I, I was talking to you yesterday about how like the big dumb guy business story ever is Fifty Cent. Like it, it's like one of those stories about a guy who like started from nothing and became like a billionaire was Fifty Cent and vitamin water. Yeah, and then I mentioned to you we, we were kind of talking, and I was like, vitamin water should like be illegal. You can't like call Kool Aid yeah. vitamin water. That feels like a tonic thing. Turns out, Coca Cola had to pay an enormous settlement for calling it vitamin water. They ended up. They did end up getting in trouble. Oh, and so is it over? Defense? No, you can still buy it. But their defense was <laughs> that there's no reason somebody drinking vitamin water. There's there's no. Real reason why somebody drinking vitamin water should think it's healthy. <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm I don't not know. a fucking laws if- guy, dude. I'm not a laws guy. I just feel like it's like it's exactly like the medicine show shit. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me. Vitamin it water. It's called vitamin water. It's like if you fucking made something and you're like, this is health pizza. <laughs> hey this is a health cheeseburger right. it's actually a, a, a it has a lot of nutrients in it that you don't get from your regular cheeseburger yeah um well that's good they got in trouble but also i uh, yeah i mean just the just hearing it written out like vitamin water that sounds like <laughs> a label, promise dude the electrolytes aren't vitamins doesn't the label look like a prescription drug too? it does a little yeah. bit it's got like prescription drug vibes that it's so it's maybe the great advertising victory of my life. Yeah, is vitamin water. Oh yeah, Gwen drinks it. I mean, that shit ain't going away. Yeah, dude. All the gener the triple X one or whatever it is. She loves triple X. Yeah, that's the one. And people, I posted this on Twitter, and people were responding, and they were like talking about how vitamin water was available on their meal plans at college, and they used a ton. Of money on triple X vitamin water. Oh shit! <laughs> Damn, I should went to college. I know you got vitamin water instead of water. Well, it still costs you money, and it, it, it they, at Ohio State they do blocks, and they're five dollar blocks. So if you spend three fifty, you actually spend five dollars. What? The meal plan at Ohio State. Oh, it's five. When I time. was there, it's like five dollar blocks, and uh-huh. then you don't get to keep what's left over at the end. So you're trying you to spend four ninety nine every fucking time. Well, to get you, you want to spend? Yeah, you want to get somewhere where, like, you're you're using the block for an amount of money that maybe makes it worth it. You know, on the card. But you, I, I don't remember because I didn't get a meal plan because I didn't have to live on campus. Right. Um. But yeah, they they explained the meal plan, and I was like, "This is fucking crazy." Right yeah, that's off. unnecessary. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, that's basically like, "Welcome to college. It's a game. We keep your money if you lose." <laughs> Welcome to college. Life fucking sucks. Yeah. It just sucks. Shit. <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey there. Howdy. Uh, not 
Not Portland, Oregon. Um, this is Sexual Gumby, also in Brooklyn. Hi, Sexual um, Gumby. Hello. I just wanted to say I, Sexual Gumby. <laughs> yeah, I, I changed the name from last time. But this week, a friend of mine sent me a very lovely letter written from a Karen to their place of work, and I thought it was worth sharing. I would yeah, love to hear it. it. All right, so it goes like this. Dear owners of bread, there is an excellent book by Victor E. Frankel called Man's Search for Meaning, where he writes about his time in the Nazi camps during the Holocaust. He humbly shares his, the horrors as well as the kindness during his time at Auschwitz. The kindness? He said that... He said that there were Jews who were outright mean to others in the camp, but there were also a few Nazis who snuck bread and gave it to starving Jewish children. Okay. He said those Nazi soldiers who showed a simple act of kindness brought an enormous light of hope in such dark and frightening days. Fast forward to the 2020 during this pandemic, and there are a few people who are kind, patient, and understanding that we have all grown mask wary. And then... There are others, like your employee with the green hair, who makes the extra effort to yell out and shame those who pull their mask up and cover their noses. <laughs> I'm sure what? in the years to come, like slavery, we will regret the errors of our choices, regulations, and exaggerated responses to this pandemic. <laughs> but like Victor Frankl said... <laughs> Exaggerated Everything responses. Can be Sorry, go ahead. Please start, yeah. start <laughs> over. A lot. Start that one over. <laughs> I, this is not even halfway through. <laughs> oh my God. All right. I am sure in the years to come, like slavery, we will regret the errors of our choices, regulations, and exaggerated responses to this pandemic. But like Viktor Frankl said, everything can be taken from a man. But one thing, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. <laughs> Respect and kindness will, will humanity more than insulting comments from mask monitors. Sorry, that one is just a fucked up sentence. They yep, didn't proofread. Sick. It is one's positive and kind attitude that will truly help and save the world, not your employees hall monitoring. Unfortunately, we will not be shopping in your store anymore, which is heartbreaking because your bread and other employees are incredible. But as a business owner, I would be personally aghast if I knew my employees spoke to our guests like your green hair employee does. Master not. But then again, this is Durango. People like to stab out hateful comments to make <laughs> themselves feel better. But maybe, just maybe, her heart will grow three times today, and she could be kinder and more respectful during such stressful, unprecedented times. You could let her know that some of us simply pull down our mask for a brief moment to speak more personally to a mother who has hard hearing, or perhaps just to get a quick brush of fresh air either way it does not warrant the ridiculous police mask enforcing you see 
there are people who can enforce rules while being respectful than there are those who choose to enforce the law by kneeling on someone's neck until they can't breathe. The green-haired mask police police chose to behave like the latter. We aren't being assholes. Your green-haired employee was. Hashtag, we can't breathe. Regards, S.J. Gordman, Durango, Colorado. Oh my god, that's incredible! (laughs) This moment in history has been building for decades. The fight is here. The fight has come to the coffee shop. Um, so they're very, yeah. they were very mad about, how are you going to correct me about my, my mask and you have green hair? That's all they thought in their head over and over again. <laughs> oh yeah. All they, they were cared just- about was the green. I mean, first of all, like I love, uh, uh, that, that like somebody took the time to really write, like they, this person could write a book. They like have oh yeah enough going on in their head <laughs> yep where they could sit down McBee. and write some kind of a book about fucking self help or some shit like that you know what I mean this is what they spend their time yeah. doing I'm not saying they'd write a good book at all it would probably be a <laughs> astoundingly no. dumb book but if you look at the New York Times bestseller list a lot of astoundingly dumb books in there. <laughs> and I I mean I I so. She's saying she's saying that like this barista is a a Nazi guard, but not the good kind that gave bread to starving children. This <laughs> no. is the shamey no. kind. You're the worst kind no, of Nazi. No, she wasn't like she wasn't a good Nazi. She was a bad police officer. <laughs> <laughs> and then, but really, I just this is somebody this this like uh, somebody that just wants to win and they're they're going all in they're drawing from the worst periods of history and and you're right building to this gigantic moment where they say you know what i can't breathe we can't breathe or whatever it was no like they compared themselves like this to like nazi germany they compared it to slavery they threw in a little of the grinch in there (laughs) (laughs) and then like top it all off with black lives matter and, you know, this wasn't an email. This was a printed off letter <laughs> and handed directly to the store owner. What? I'll tell you what's also <laughs> yeah. so tight. I know. I know. You know what this also might be? This might be our hit right wing hippie. This might be the person <laughs> we've been looking for over a few weeks. Because if you think about it. They don't like masks. Yeah. They obviously, I feel like they, it felt like they communicated that Black Lives Matter was something that. To take seriously. To take seriously. Yes. But they well, also. comparing. They said that they're as bad as, they're being treated as badly as. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So we don't even really. Well, I guess like if you're willing to say. Being treated as badly as that is giving that more means, ground than a conservative, right? Okay, so this is just a really misguided person that also nothing happened in this story, from what I can tell, right? Like, so a person went to the store, they pulled their mask down so they could talk to a person, which is like exactly the time. That you're supposed to have the mask yeah. on. The mask 
It's not, mm-hmm. if you were fucking standing across the room without the mask on and not talking, that is probably safe and fine. Maybe. I don't know. Sure. But safer. Well, it's a lesser, there's a lesser <laughs> viral load. Yeah, safer than being like, hey, I'm right in front of you. Yeah, now, that we're, <laughs> now that we're in whispering distance. Yeah. <laughs> That is the exact wrong... He's going to, like, wrong... directly inject her breath into your grandma. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the exact wrong... I've been seeing so many... Brett has a gas station at the end of his street that I stop at a lot. I'm, like, always kind of... I have to stop in there and get Gatorades or, or smokes and shit like that, right? And, uh... It's a wild place. I have never been in there where there wasn't a person with their nose out of the mask or people without masks on. Just straight up, no mask. And it's crazy that people are doing that still. Like they, they, not still. They're kind of like, fuck it. I don't, I I saw a guy come in to the weed dispensary today, the cowboy hat, no weed card, no mask. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. He he thought he was just going to wrangle himself up some weed. (laughs) He was an older guy, like a boomer (laughs) aged guy. He's with his wife, who was a weed card holder. Oh. But I can't, like, take you with me unless you're registered as my caregiver. Yeah. Like, I thought about making Katie my caregiver so that she could come in with me. Smart. But, but, so anyway, like, they come in there, and the guy's like, I want a menu. And the woman's like, do you have a card? And he was like, I want a menu. Oh, no. And she's like, do you have a card? And he was like, menu. And uh, then she was like... (laughs) Do you, which one of you has a card and are you the caregiver? And he was like, I, yeah, I caregive for her. And she was like, no, the official caregiver. And then he just got hot under the collar and said menu and then walked out. He had one word. (laughs) Yeah. He wanted that menu. He was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to walk in there. Cool. Calculated. Just like the Winston man would, the Marvel man would. I look at him. It's gonna say menu, please. <laughs> Give me the menu. If it would have worked, haven't you ever? Seen, yeah, like, like they're like, haven't you ever seen a Western movie? Like, if a guy <laughs> comes in and says intimidating stuff, you just do it. Yeah. If he says whiskey, you give him the whiskey. If he says menu, you give him the menu. Yeah, but that's what this person also feels like is just a person that's like, I, eh. I'm a customer. I should get to. I'm a oh. customer. I get to do whatever the fuck I want. That's because true. I'm the fucking customer. I get to try. You know, and I mean. I I can't. I just. It's a beautiful letter that this person wrote. Maybe a touch misguided in like the history and politics realm. Uh huh. But they really put something good together, and they printed it out. Well, yeah, their heart is in it. Right, and their heart is in this Karen letter. That yeah, is true. Yeah. <laughs> they put their heart and soul into this Yelp review on paper. And the only way they could have made it any better, calligraphy. If it was calligraphy, I would have been like, okay, you just got to, you know, we all got to forgive and forget. But the point is that the, that I was making before is that like nothing happened in this. A person said, can you pull your mask up over your nose? Yeah. And a person went home, wrote a letter with history in it, which they probably tell that Nazi story to everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This reeks of oh, yeah. like centrist or that person you know 
that is like uh, uh, tries to tell you historical facts, but they're like wildly out of context or like uh, uh, not necessarily true. Like they'll they'll give you a few founding fathers quotes, a few history quotes, and like that's kind of their thing. And they're a centrist, so they're the person when you say like Nazis are bad, and they're like, well, I mean. Do you like the Volkswagen? Do you like the Mercedes Benz? Okay. So maybe think twice. Yeah. Before you like you... Fanta, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Maybe think twice before you decide to bring up that all Nazis are bad. And yeah. you're like, okay. oh God. Yeah. You're you so know, fucking smart. I'm stuck in this. But then there's all, they are also the people that when you say slavery was bad, they're like, some of them treated their slaves very nice. Yeah. yeah. You know? And, and it's just like, there's this certain type of person that loves, I like, I call them kind of a contrarian, but well, they're like not smart about it. Well, they just want to be everything to be positive. I think what, I think that's the whole, the Nazi thing is literally just like, I mean, you can have a positive mental attitude. You can keep that, you know, all the time, even in the worst circumstances. We got that attitude. Can we add positive mental attitude to our list of with POTUS, which is another word we hate? PMA, PMA, and I can't remember the other one, but uh, Flotus, obviously, and Scotus. Any of the kisses. <laughs> what about the band? Do we have to say the whole name? Yes. Yeah, I don't ever say POTUS for the band. The truth is, like, if you say, if you say POTUS at all, that means you're saying President of the United States of America. Uh huh. Would you ever say that? And isn't it? The POTUS president. I guess it's you're saving a syllable. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm, I don't even know if you're saving a syllable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I'm where that was. President. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> it's clapping out. Let's see. Well, I can't tell. <laughs> you can't? Caller, uh, uh, how many syllables are How there? many syllables are in the word president? <laughs> this is the reason to take I think calls. POTUS does save point. <laughs> yep, same one. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was helpful. All right. Well, that was a beautiful letter. And oh, I, wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. I do have one thing, though, since you're talking about your um, your your hippie. Um, I would suggest looking up Planted Cafe here in New York. That's a vile story. That is, like, a guy who is, like, owning a vegan restaurant and, like, yoga studios and whatnot. But then also evicted, uh, like families. Oh yeah, the, from his building. The top news says the eco yogi slumlords of Brooklyn. Yeah, somebody <laughs> said that too. I've gotten that story a few times. I'm gonna uh, look into that for the Wednesday show because uh, it's yeah. wild that that even showed up. Actually, me and Brett were hanging out. Oh, yesterday. I read this already. Yeah, me and Brett were hanging out yesterday, and I said. Uh, uh, so somebody sent me this article. That means we can actually write the bit now. Because <laughs> like, the, the reason I brought it up is because it's like, is this something that like doesn't exist and that I just know? I don't want to write a bit that doesn't, you know, makes that that doesn't make sense to anybody but me. But now I feel like we can write the bit now. You know, it exists. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in. By that ghost door. Uh, yeah. That was that was a, a great a call. One. Yeah, it was a wonderful and was an uh, outrageous letter. You you killed it. That's Some, caller of the year. 
Somebody in the chat said that uh, their cousin wrote a four-page letter and mailed it to their dad over a Facebook argument. God, we, if you can they send us the last word. something like that. We are going to be would... doing that for the TV show. So that, that is going to happen very soon. Yeah. We need this. We need... It's hard because we can't get licensed stuff. We can't pay for... We can pay for submissions, but we can't like we can't get the rights to like movies or the news and shit uh, and like <clears throat> popular shows and shit. So we have to have like self-generated content. And I would love to get more. I'd love to act those things out. There's only four of us making the show. So we just we're probably going to need some help. Yeah. Yeah. We will. <laughs> we're working on it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Next. Next call. Yeah. That was great. That was caller of the year. Really? I think so. Yeah. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Everybody write in with your hi, vote call of the year. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, hi, this is a sweaty. My pronouns are they, them. Okay. Sweaty. Is it like sweaty as in like sweetie, but just sweaty? No, just like sweaty. Okay. It's a nickname my friends gave me in college because I was always so nervous around new people and my hands sweat. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, I was calling in tonight to uh, talk about me quitting my job a couple months ago. Right on. How did it happen? All right. So it was actually like half a year ago. In late January, I told my boss, I was like, okay, I used to work at a like software utility company, sort of. Um, sorry, I'm like nervous because it's very sweaty. neat to me to talk to you guys yes i am very sweaty <laughs> and don't be uh, i'm with you i'm with you i'm very sweaty too i i i um, <laughs> honestly i i don't even remember this stuff after we do it so you can completely embarrass yourself <laughs> and meet me completely anew when i come to your town for our next live show <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah but uh this is like a software utility company sort of and I worked as like one of the software people, not a software engineer, but something close to it. Okay. Uh, and I, w and I went to school for like computer science and like game development. So that's what I actually want to do. But I got really lucky after school and got a job here and I got paid pretty well. Right. So it was like, well, I need to take this, but, um, so working there for like almost two years. And I told my boss, I was like, I think I want to drop my hours oh. uh, to like four days a week. Um, Cause I was like, if I go one day less, I'll be fine and make him pretty good bank. Uh -huh. Um, and my boss was like, yeah, like, can I ask why are you doing freelance and stuff? And my boss was like pretty good as far as bosses go. I think I made a mistake and I was like, yeah, like I want to work on like personal projects and like video game stuff. <laughs> um, oh. But he was, yeah, he was cool about though. He was like, I want you to follow your passion. He was like, I'll talk to my boss. A couple of days later, he was like, my boss said no. Um, <laughs> and I can't help but feel like if I was like, oh, I have a kid or something, he would have been like, yeah, you can, like, my boss will be okay with it. Yeah. I, but, I mean, even if you would yeah. have said, um, I'm, I'm training for a triathlon and I have a meeting every <laughs> single week with, like, an elite trainer, yeah. I think he would have been fine with that. As soon as you said you were doing something that competes with your job or that could take you away from the co oh, yeah. company suddenly, uh, it's like, no, we don't want you doing that. It's Yeah, you, my boss, like... You can't ask for so, permission. Sorry, to, you, no, you're fine. It's just you can't ask for permission on something like that from work because they're just going to be like, no. Yeah. But if you're not leaving, yeah. you know, um, if you can convince them, like, look, I'm not planning to leave, and then right. leave. <laughs> I yeah. think that's why they got yeah. rid of me at the camera store. 
It was just kind of like we're getting ready. To, we were getting ready to leave for Philly to report on the DNC and do this thing that was pretty big. And the guy was like, he ain't long for this. Yeah. I'm yeah. just, I'm going to tell him he can't and get rid of him. Right. You know? Yeah. So like that happened. I also mentioned that I was like, part of it, I was like, well, I'm like getting kind of burnt out working on like these personal projects. And I wasn't really, I would work like 40 hours a week, absolute maximum. <laughs> um, but like he, he told me when his boss said, no, he was like, well, like, you you got to give us 100%. Like, you got to stop working on that stuff a lot. Whoa. And I was like, he was kind of giving me like, hey, stop working on that. And I was basically like, all right, I'll work on it a little bit less. But like, right. I tried to make it clear I'm not going to stop. And then like, I, um, I stayed for like another month. And then I used a bunch of my PTO because I didn't get that paid out when I left. And then I had my performance review. He was mostly cool. Uh, and I... And then, like, a couple of days later, I quit. <laughs> well, I put in, like, two weeks or whatever. But, yeah, and funnily enough, after I, like, sent him a letter, my coworker, who is, like, the guy that I report to, he was like, hey, like, did he, tell, did he fire you? Because I guess my coworker, during his performance review, he spent part of it, like, trying to keep my job because my boss was worried about my motivation <laughs> or something. Yeah. Or, or like, or, or how he phrase it, like, my, my morale. Like, yeah, he told me in my performance review, he was like, someone told me that you seem disengaged. And I think it was a lie because like literally 100% of the time I was there, I was disengaged. Like I, I'm certain, like, I don't think I was acting that different or anything. Um, but I mean, I, I ended up quitting. I didn't get unemployment because they didn't fire me, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, once they were, once you revealed yourself as somebody that they can't like, that isn't willing to just be there five days a week, 40 mm-hmm. hours a week, it was like, we need to get the, it was like, it's just get them out of there. Yeah. It does feel yeah. like though, it doesn't, I have never really, and maybe I'm just being naive or whatever. I've never heard of a job saying like, Hey, quit your side shit. You know what I mean? Quit, quit what you're passionate about to focus a hundred percent of your energy on this thing that you're just yeah. doing for money. You know? Yeah. And also yeah. it is anti- yeah. it's not the bright way to do it. I mean, I think that it, they probably would have got a lot better work out of you if they would have just let you do it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I agree. Totally. That's actually like something that's, well, I guess not explicitly that, but like in tech, from what I understand, it's a pretty common thing where you have to sign um, inventions clauses. Like I designed one and it was like, if you use our software or, or like use our computer to do something on, we own that. Or yeah. if like you use, or if you make something while you're here six months after, and we're like getting into that field, we, uh, we can say we own it. Right. Okay. And yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, luckily mine was like pretty lenient cause they were a utility company. They weren't going to like make video games or something. Um, but it was still like very nerve wracking to see it. I remember whenever I signed it, I was like uncomfortable with it. Yeah. I, I gotta tell you my, my experience and you know, this is not cool, but whenever I work for people, I always pretend like I'm all in for the company. I lie to their faces. I make up Mm -hmm. this second personality and story of my life that revolves around what I would do if I actually cared about that place. And that's what I tell the, the bosses. I remember before Charlotte was born, 
we decided when Charlotte is when Charlotte comes, I'm going to not work at all. I'm just going to stay home with her. But I was trying to make cash. And I got fired from a job I had like six months before Charlotte was born. Like he fired me when Erica was fucking pregnant. Uh, and so I found this job. And I remember probably a month before I was about to be there, they were like, everybody's, I'm sitting in the office and everybody's like, remember Jeff? And everybody's like, oh yeah, Jeff, man. That guy was, he was here for like ever, man. And he did such a good job and he just disappeared out of nowhere. And then I'm just sitting there talking and like, you know, and then I did the same exact same, same exact thing a month later. Like I was trying to, I was, tr- I was telling them I wanted to to work on being like a coach or a manager. I was in, I was like interested. I was like, I really want to take on more responsibilities at the company. And then I just never contacted them ever again. Like there was just, they didn't know anything was coming. And then I just disappeared. And they tried to call me. They tried to send letters and I didn't answer any of it. And uh, it was, it was I, I laid up at in the middle of the night just laughing hysterically about them, the stories they made <laughs> up about me and like that they still probably say shit about me yeah. at that place. They're, I'm the new. You're, you're like literally a legend there. Like, I bet they still talk about you. Like, hey, like, I wonder what happened to him. Yeah, he was a pretty cool guy, too. He had a lot going on and shit, too. I, I don't know where he went, man. He said, yeah. he, he said, he I wonder if he's a man somewhere else or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think. That, that's one thing that, like, I came, I'm, like, 24 right now, so I came pretty quick out of college into an office environment. Yeah. And it, like, every day I felt, like, so stifled. Like, there was something, like, sitting on top of any personality I had. Because, like, I'm, I'm not going to, like, go, my coworkers were all, like, 20 years older than me, so right. I was very wary about being, like, hey, like, you guys want to unionize or yeah. anything? Like... Like, I really love, like, I'm really passionate about workers' issues and labor, and it's not something that, like, I'm just going to, like, chat about at yeah. work or something, you know? That gets you in trouble, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, if you want to keep the job, uh, you know, it's it's weird because it's like a, 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 I would encourage anybody to try it if they think it's possible, but if you just think it's, like, sort of a lost cause, then I totally understand, like, I, I tried, I thought about unionizing and when we are trying to unionize the cable company and when the, when they kind of fucking told me what I was going to have to do to get it done, I was like, these people aren't going to, like, yeah. I'm not going to get the people to sign on. They're yeah. just not going to fucking do it. Yeah. They're fine with this. Yeah. And there's just nothing I can do. I, I got to fucking go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I worked with mostly older people who were like used to just like working more. Like I remember the one guy who was like directly above of me would like come in kind of late, stay late, and then like he'd work at like one or two a.m. And I asked him about. It, and he was like, "I'm up then. Like, why not?" And it's like you have better shit you'd be doing, like sleeping, watching TV <laughs> like, would yeah. would be a, yeah. a move. <laughs> Try out movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's and a it, real cut. It was like that guy was, yeah, and, and like that was the guy that I was like closest to because he was like the guy in charge of me, and we got along pretty well. And it was just like I don't, I just could never understand. And like I remember one time my boss, like during a team meeting, was like, I think I mentioned that a coworker was working a lot, and I was like, you should like appreciate what they're doing. Maybe give them a like raise or something. Like that's what I was trying to push. And I think he said during a 
Meaning he was like, I don't want you guys working more than 50 hours a normal week. And then like during, like we were in like a critical period. And he's more like, don't work 50. more than 60 during this period. <laughs> and I turned to my coworker and I'm like, why do you even tell us that? Like he might as well just have not said anything. Like, yeah. How much more was, can you work? It you're amazed me. 72. You're trying to go for 80 hours a week, I guess. What would, how many hours are there in a week? Why don't I ever know this? I never know this. I thought you were giving me a look because uh, I don't know. Like 168 or something, I think. Okay. So maybe four times uh, 168. So minus 60. Okay. So what? You would sleep. You're you're supposed to sleep eight hours a night, which nobody does. But so that is what? That's 56. Yep. Right. 56 minus 56 that leaves you with 52 hours not working and not sleeping it's great you can get a, another job you can get a whole <laughs> other full-time job in there you can work 40 more hours and have 12 to, for the weekend you can go to a concert and dinner 12 hours you're done though but two of those days are the weekend so uh, yeah, we you, can take 16 you got to work the weekend yeah yeah well no Seven days a week, you got to work. Yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't want to do that. You want to do, oh, you want to do five sixteens? It would be five sixteens. Five sixteens. Five sixteens. But you would get it in and you would get the work done that you need to get done. And Twice the amount of work done. That you would have to get eight done. hours to sleep. So that would be. So, that's so it's like you it sleep at the office. Yeah. There's no commute. You just sleep at the office now. Yeah. yeah. You buy an apartment nearby. You're going to be making so much extra money. Hey, I want you to practice self-care by only working 75 hours. Or so, yeah, please. You know? Gang, we're all passionate about this. It's our life. But. <laughs> 65 hours is not healthy. Try keep, <laughs> do 59. Keep it at 59. <laughs> I know we're busy and I know you want to make it through this project, but we will get there with five sixteens. Yeah. Okay. Like don't, don't yeah. put yourself out, you know, don't miss time with your family. Right. I mean, when you're looking at 52 hours and then you take away the weekend, Right. Well, yeah, it's 24 hours. And then you think about, okay, I get off work. If you have a kid, right. And he said, they said there were these older kids, right? So you then start to think about, okay, I'm, I then four hours after work is just gone. Gonzo. It's yeah. just nothing. You know, eight o'clock is when you get to go. You're really looking at like, one hour of leisure time a night where you're just doing whatever you want, where it's just like, I can, I can fucking go off. You know what I mean? Like I, I maybe smoke a little joint and fucking hang out, you know, and then go to bed, <laughs> get to bed, right to bed. I'm going to hit yeah. this joint and go right to bed. Cause I am up too late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch one yeah, episode just- of the office and go to bed. Yep. <laughs> it just like amazes me of these people like my boss was like well like when i was your age i thought i wouldn't be here 25 years later and i i was basically like yeah like i'm 20 at the time i was like 23 i'm like i'm 23 like i i, I was trying to say like i'm not going to be here forever but i wasn't trying to explicitly say i'm gonna leave yeah because that's bad obviously 
But my boss was like, well, like, you never know. And I was like, no, I think I know. Like, yeah, I'm not going to be here forever. That's bad management. I mean, if you're if you're in charge of people right now and you don't understand that the only way you get ahead is jumping careers every three to five years, yeah. especially in software. I mean, my wife did it all around the country and built her income up very – uh, to a much higher level than if she would have just kept the furniture job she had out of college, she would be still be, she would still be making, she would be making 3% of year. She would barely be covering fucking interest on those raises. Yeah. I mean, you have to switch jobs to like increase income basically to advance it all. Like I got right before I quit, I got a small pay raise. That was like, 2.25% of my oh, salary or something. God. It like wasn't even inflation. And, and my boss was like headquarters wasn't where I worked. So he was super hands off. He had no idea what I did any every day. Like uh-huh. he'd be like, Oh, you're just like doing your job description. And like, no, I'm doing tons of other stuff. Like right. he had no clue what I was doing on the day to day. And it was just like, really how, like, why is this guy deciding how much I make? Yeah, you know? that's true. That's absolutely right. And, and, but the thing is, is like, He's in charge of just getting the work done and using the people. I don't think that – I mean that's just really poor management. If you don't know what the people that are working for you, what they eventually want to do and where they see themselves, like you, that's how you end up the authoritarian asshole that fires people for dreaming. Like if someone's a really good programmer mm-hmm. and they're working for you and you know that it's a temporary thing but you are thankful that you have them while they work for you – it's it's it will make your your uh, office run a lot smoother when people can openly say like what their goals are. There's no reason to fucking shut that down and, and force everyone to be lifers, especially a 23 year old. So stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I made it pretty clear when I left what I was going to do. I was like, I'm going to go work on like I'm going to learn stuff, work on personal projects. And like I even sent an email to some people that like I, I literally sent out an email to like Co- co-workers I was like kind of pals with and I was like yeah like basically they didn't allow me to cut my time and I, I explicitly said it <laughs> and I actually titled the email I'm Audi and I like I, I put it temporarily and I was like I should change that and I forgot and my boss gives me a call like 10 minutes later and he's like hey this like I'm Audi thing and, I, and he was like hey like we we want to we have we still have a good relationship like you aren't just gonna leave like we're we're parting on good terms like it was it was so weird and he was like just don't you just at your next job you don't want to say upper management didn't let you do this you know like that looks bad sure i was like okay like i'm here for another two weeks like I, I, okay i appreciate it and i mean i guess i knew that but it's like i don't really care that much well i mean <laughs> it's it is kind of good advice, though. I don't. I mean, I don't know what. Yeah. It's like don't treat yeah. me like. It's also a way for them also to. Uh, I, I don't know. It just seems like a stupid way for that guy to negate his bad feelings about it. To say like, hey, if you want to, you want to know. Uh, we totally squeezed you from up above, but don't mention that to other people. They're going to think it looks bad on you. Yeah. It doesn't look bad on us. It looks bad on you. <laughs> Remember, everything we did yeah. looks bad on you. So don't fucking bring it up to anybody else. <laughs> in the industry yeah it was just kind of ridiculous like i thought my boss was like pretty good as far as bosses go but the more distance i've had from men like i've thought about it i'm like well maybe he like wasn't as good as i thought no but, that's what I, mean, they, I think most bosses are bad so they all are but the best ones just seem like suckers or seem like they let you think 
that um, you're smarter than them. They let you think that you're doing your own thing, but they are just like completely counterpunching everything you do in ways that you don't understand. Yeah. By, by just, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. There was like so much weird stuff happening with how the organization was structured. They like wanted us to redo a lot of the work that we already did. It was, I definitely agree with that assessment. It was just, well, thank, it was just fucking weird. Thanks for but, calling. I appreciate the story, sweaty. You were an absolute sweetie, no sweetie as well. So, uh, great, great call. <laughs> um, well, yeah. If, uh, can I plug my Twitter? Of course. Uh, yeah, my uh, Twitter handles at Bladekist. If anyone like knows any anyone who like works in an indie game place or something and needs like a programmer or something, hit me up. All right, Bladekist. Yeah, that's a cool name. We should have called this podcast Bladekist. Why didn't we think of that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a sick name. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're cool. not nervous at all, sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I've loosened up a little bit. I've dried out. Good, good. Well, thanks for calling in. We really appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Peace. Uh, all right, let's get one more call. I think we've got a ringer on the line. Uh, thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hello. Oh no, they hung it up immediately. Really? Yeah, they, like they lost it. Yeah, like uh, I, picked, we, we, I picked it up and they hit something. You oh, want to wait? It's right a here. Second. I was gonna say, yeah, because it's not quite break time anyway. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who we're talking to tonight? Did I get back on? Yeah, you're, you're on. on. Oh, cool. Uh, my name. I'm. I'm gonna say my name is C, just because. Um, I'm gonna talk. I want to talk generally about um, like the tactics that I've seen a small handful of nights in Portland. Yeah. And I also want to, I also want to plug the, if you, if anybody knows people who are in the SEIU union, um, that there's a drop the cops, drop the cops from the union campaign happening. And I want to encourage people to get in, get in touch with those folks. All right. See, so you, you are in Portland. Currently, uh, no, I'm I I live in Oregon. Okay, cool. I'll just say it. that's enough. So they live near nearish to Portland. Okay, um, uh, and so I, I mean, we're it's like how many days has it been so far? Are we over a hundred, right? Today's one hundred and one, I believe. Okay, Fuck. thought so. I didn't even realize that. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's been, I mean, there's been lots of reporting. There's been escalations in violence, obviously, and, and other circumstances. So I, I put the call out there earlier this week on our Patreon and some of our social media, just asking for anybody. I mean, street fight is about people on the street and what they're seeing. Uh, you know, if you want the big news reporting, that's what you can get. But I, I'd like to hear what your take on all of it is. Um, I've just seen a lot of mutual aid. And a lot of, like, people helping each other out of potentially bad situations. Like, I've seen people who were debilitated from tear gas, you know, get swooped up by a comrade to get them to safety. Um, it seems like there's a lot of skill sharing going on, which I love to see. Um, yeah, people people sharing resources, Um I've seen some people handing out zines, which I think like this time 
to educate and radicalize more people is really important. Yeah. Um, is it, uh, and I, I mean, who's, who's leading the charge on this? Is it, is it disparate groups that are all setting things up like protests or does everybody just know, is, is there like a cent, what's the central point that people go to every, every night to protest? It seems like it's pretty mobile. Um, it seems like, like there's some key parts that action sort of centralized around. And then, I mean, also a lot of it is just like, at least recently is just people getting pushed down side streets by getting kettled by the cops, you know? Um, so it's very fluid for sure. Uh, but as far as like people, um, I mean, there's people with bullhorn, like blow, you know, speakers and stuff. It seems like if you can make a lot of noise, that that's a good tactic. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I don't think anybody's able to like really identify, like, I, I don't think that we need leaders. I don't want to see leaders. So I don't know what to say about that exactly. Um, no, I understand that. But I, so, and, and that's, is, I mean, that's the, uh, is that the, the, the vibe in the crowd is just general disruption and until things are different. Uh, I think that's generally the tactic sort of is like, yeah, disruption and, um, I mean, going to places of power as also a general tactic seems to be the trend. Um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm really inspired by seeing people get out and, and, and somebody else made a comment like what we're seeing out in the streets is actually only a fraction of like the community building that's going on off of the street. That's true. <laughs> that's what, um, I mean, the, the George Ford protests in Columbus were, um, were a moment of like escalation higher than I've ever seen. Um, but at the same time, it, um, it created this like intense pressure where all of these groups all of a sudden got together. There's like mass communication, um, like everybody, like as the, the pressure rose, everyone, uh, stepped up and, uh, and created bigger networks and, and more organized things. Uh, now we are not on the level of Portland here in Columbus, but there is regular protests and they are doing them all month long. Um, I'll get you the information at the end. Um, but, uh, but we aren't, we don't have the sustained protest the way that, uh, Portland has made the news, especially with like the the uh, the soccer moms and the leaf blower dads and all that stuff. Um, it's really uh, it's it's been in and out of the news for so long now, and like you said, people don't realize that it has been a hundred days. Yeah, the creativity is really inspiring. Like people are literally. Oh, and I also want to say the left has just so many chants. Like the left has been chanting and marching for so long that we've like built up an arsenal of chants and techniques and just like general creativity for mobilizing in the streets in some way that it's, it's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I thought was, uh, you know, we've been around the country going to protests and things and, and Occupy was kind of the beginning of the show really. And since then, uh, just the, everybody's leveled up the, what can be accomplished and, you know, with Venmo and Cash App and GoFundMe, these uh, people that, on, like you said, the people that aren't in the streets are able to send $50, $5, $100 to, 
to somebody that so to somebody that uh is on the front lines and got hit by a wooden bullet or you know to someone that's been targeted by the police like we have a we have a network of of dark money that's generated from us you know it's not like there's no there's no insidious bastard behind the money we're just all able to take all of our five dollars and turning it turn them into something you know productive yeah it's so yeah that's, that, i'd say that's generally my report back from what i've seen on the street there well that's good glad to hear we appreciate the call uh, it's also like really it's good to hear that there are things being built outside of the protest because i feel like we maybe missed the opportunity here to build an infrastructure for this type for that type of protest in in columbus like that we didn't seize on that and and you know figure out how we can get in contact with people and stuff like that and it's like sort of there are still people protesting here yes but it's a few people now it's not yeah it's in the the same amount of people that were were there on those first days yeah i mean yeah they're they're doing some very impressive stuff they're taking over the streets they have these shields uh right now they are marching for julius tate jr um, they're happening every single day until September 17th. So if you're in Columbus, uh, check that stuff out. Uh, you can do the hashtag Julius Tate Jr. or Justice for Julius to find more info. Um, but I do think that like I, the the Columbus it might be later in the game, but the people are positioning themselves to respond to this, you know, and there will be leaders and uh, people that get things done. You know, not I guess not leaders, but just project managers is what you need to get a lot of the, make a lot of this stuff happen. You know, uh, I've seen people get you know getting donations for body armor, for the shields, for all kinds of creative ideas uh, that really show. Like, I mean, the police are are not able to handle a lot of the wildcat tactics. You know, uh, of a group of protesters, they really they really uh, fumble if we put the pressure on them. But uh, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for calling in. I, and uh, I'm glad. I, I feel very encouraged hearing from you. That's what I'm about. Also, right. drop the cops from the union. Any, any SEIU union members out there, get in contact with those folks. We're getting rid of these cops. Yeah. All right. Sounds awesome. Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Spider. All Peace. right. Break time? Yeah, break time. Ready to go? Uh, I we think got, it's time. It's you know this about one, you, that. Time. You said you knew this band when I said the name. I have listened to them that a new, couple of times, but not like I'm not like super sure. familiar. Uh, yeah, you know. But this is that new new metal, um, really dope stuff. <laughs> like that. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think it was. I, I loved it immediately, and I thought it was a good homage to the old school. Uh, this is Omerta. You can find them at ihateomerta.bandcamp.com. That is such a new metal. Yep. Even. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Smarterino. Uh, This is Hyperviolence from Omerta. Enjoy. It's the shit. They're out of Houston, Texas.
your head A bullet to put thousand rounds into your pretense is dead Look at me now, look at me now
Woo! That was some hotness. Damn, that is a good-ass fucking album. Um, they did not send that to us. <laughs> I, I would. I wish they would have sent that. I wish that was a Street Fighters uh, uh, band, but that is not uh, their Omerta. You can find them at IHateOmerta.bandcamp.com. Omerta, I believe, is the uh, sacred code of silence in the Mafia, if I remember correctly, because that's I looked up the Lamb of God song, which is also like a top 10 song of all time, for sure. But uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I loved it. They do the old stuff in the best way. There's some like wiki wiki. There's some metalcore. I've been listening to like Darkest Hour and uh, Kill Switch and Avenge Sevenfold, all the uh, all of that shit to get ready for the the metal Patreon show. But um, I love the shit out of Omerta, and I really this is a moment where I just want to know where I can go see him. Like I drive to Pittsburgh or West Virginia to go see it, but not this year. And that's why I'm learning patience in the year of 2020 <laughs> and COVID. I'm sharpening my stone for patience and delayed gratification. Thank you for joining the stream. We are Street Fight Radio. We got some calls. We're going to answer them. You ready to do it, Brian? I am. All right. <clears throat> Wait. The person that was supposed to call already called. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, I'm in Michigan. What's yeah, up? How's Michigan, Michigan going? Right on, guys. How you doing? We're pretty good. How are you? Great. I was hearing you talking about uh, getting a boat. I was going to say, my friend's an average dude. He's got a nice boat. A nice one? There's a way. Yeah. I mean, it's nice now. It's nice now because, like, he he made a plan years in advance, and he, he got a living situation close to the water, and then he, he bought himself, like, an old, broken-down boat. He kept it at his house and he just worked on it weekends for ever and ever. And now it's a nice ass boat he's got. Well, that's you know? not something. First See, of all, not close enough to water where we are. Yeah, if I'm but, doing that, it's gonna have uh, to be like a Camaro. If I'm if I'm gonna or like a, actually a Volkswagen Corrado, a bitchin' Camaro. No, the, the Volkswagen Corrado <laughs> is the one I want. That's what I would build in my in my garage on the weekend. Yeah, I mean it would be cool. I'm not uh, I'm not opposed to it. But I right, just, I, uh, I, I think, oh, ready, yeah, man. like, here's I was the just thing. saying, you guys sounded, I don't know, you sounded like you wanted a boat. I, mean, I do. I want an avenue to a boat. But I'm into renting them. It's like, also when people are like, oh, why would you ride your bike? What are you going to do when you have to move stuff? And it's like, well, I'm not going to pay for gas. I'm not going to pay for car insurance. And then anytime I need to move stuff, I'm going to pay 1995 from U-Haul to rent a truck. You know, like, that's the same with the boat. No, I like, hate, yeah, I hate cycling. Cycling's the worst. Right, but like if I'm gonna do boating, I probably, I mean, I, I mean, I buy, I buy a Nintendo Switch, and in a month later, I'm like, I don't know, it doesn't do very much. So I, me. I mean, a boat is just like a thirty thousand dollar <laughs> version. It's like a whole fucking car version of that, and uh, I would rather just yeah, no, you have to love the sea, and you no, have to and love you're the right. sailing life. You're right, <laughs> you have you're to right. be like Popeye. My <laughs> life, my love, and the lady. Is the sea, you know, do, yes. do, 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 you know that song? Uh, yeah, Good one look. of the best. I mean, I might not that's like sweet boats Virginia that breeze. much. I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a I don't love the sea. I don't yeah. have like a big love of the sea. Well, I then just, you like, shouldn't have a, yeah, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have a boat. 
I yeah. You just need to go go make go down to the pizza place and make friends with people that have boats and get invited on to them. And then right, right, yeah. See that, what kind of crimes. Better. Yeah. Peruse the crimes that they're committing guys, on their boat, and then decide if you want to keep going back. I'm getting a fucking cigarette you guys, boat. That's what I want. I are you guys? Go fast. You guys are COVID. You guys are COVID free, right? Yes. What do you mean? Yes. Well, COVID I hope. free. Did you get tested, or are you like you doing good? No, we just we kind of keep it tight. We might be asymptomatic, but uh, I'm also yeah, I'm a little more extreme than other people. But I mean, you're healthy. You're feeling good, right? Yeah, basically. Do you ever? Do you ever get? I don't know. What I'm feeling like, guys, is I'm in a pretty rural area, and I have thrivers guilt. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I like, saw, I've seen people say that. People yeah, that are doing that. well under it. And, but we're not doing I mean, we're... Yes, we are. are well, we? we're, I'm just in this, like, I'm in this economic of- wasteland where I was making shit wages and just wondering how I was going to make ends meet. And then everything closed down and my income went up because like the unemployment standard suddenly just blasted my earning potential in this area out of the, out of the fucking water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I mean, yes, I, I think I'm probably doing better. I'm doing better than the people that are like unemployed. Millions of people getting evicted, millions of people losing their jobs, doing better than them. Yeah. But like, not like doing better than I was before. I don't think. Are we? Oh, uh, I mean, like I'm doing better than I was before because as soon as the unemployment kicked in, I got that, uh, you know, the stimulus, the addition to the unemployment, uh, which yeah. just kicked me up into a, into a weekly rate that I was never able to earn on the starvation wages that are offered in this area. So yeah, suddenly ain't. my situation drastically improved as hundreds of thousands of people around me died yeah yeah which was weird yeah super weird that happens to everybody i mean they said it was like one of the greatest increases in wealth in like the history of the fucking nation well for rich people just because they well no because they handed out six hundred dollars to people it changed it it like moved the needle way higher than than anybody could ever earn yeah yeah it's not wealth it's uh, uh sure whatever but yeah even to get a, even to being, get a, uh, even to get a few crumbs even to get a few crumbs out here in the uh like opioid epidemic wasteland was kind of a crazy thing and then that's the fucked up thing now is labor day is monday guys and uh, tomorrow and who who made sure that we got some more uh relief on this Labor Day. Yeah. Donald, At least in my state, Donald effing... Donald J. Trump got us money? Man. Donald Donald effing FEMA purse strings fascist dickhead Trump did it, yeah. I guess. Well, let right? me tell you what. I never got my first... I never got my first stimulus, so... I'm still. I, I can't. You didn't? Be, no, I haven't. I, uh, it. My friend just got it. My friend just got it like two days ago. So I don't. Believe, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. I think that definitely, I've been targeted or something. But I'm not. I don't count that money until it's here. It's like gambling. How How do we know we're getting it? I'm, I'm like looking now. 
There's a second one. There's not a second one. I don't think there's a second everybody's one. Everybody's mostly there? normal right now. I think everybody's comfortable with everyone. No bonded. second. They he he pulled he pulled some FEMA money and shot it into everybody's unemployment. If you're getting unemployment, uh, well, okay. extra unemployment. Okay. Well, that's that's good. the shit. And whatever yeah. and whatever states were whatever states were able to catch that money and and get it out to their people and the thing, efficiently. And that unemployment too, like people that are getting four hundred dollars extra a month, that's not going to them. Like that is being spread around to other people that couldn't get the $400 a month as well. You know, like you said, you, you, you have a good point, Brian. And it's not wealth. Like it's more money for people to eat and have uh, housing security. Uh, but it's not really uh, any type of wealth. It's nothing that you hang on to. Yeah. No, survival. Yeah, it does look like he's trying to send money. But, you know, I who knows? I think it's, you know... It kind of feels like it's not, they're not going to do a second one. And I feel like that is this a is, real failure of, I, I hope that people look at it as like a real failure of government, period, of our government, period. Yeah. Like, this is fucked up that they didn't give us another <laughs> stimulus check. And now we're well, heading Well, I think into, we need labor. We need labor power back guys. Yeah. We need labor power. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about, do you guys, have you, how do you talk to other people at your work about how much money they make and how much money you make and getting together and talking about whether it's uh, fair around the workplace? How do you open those conversations? I don't, we're not the, we're not successful you organizers at all, but uh, we could put you in contact with people if you want to do that. You know, IWW is a good start. Um, but if you want to do serious unions and you could do like, you know, reach out to SEIU and all those places. And uh, there's I mean, plenty of people online with those resources too. I mean, I... Pooji, read out to Oopooji on Twitter. I mean, more like, I mean, more like informally because there's no, there's no way that I'm going to get big time organization to happen. I'm talking about just talking. I've always, I mean, I, talking. I think like just... I mean, it's hard to do because people are so conditioned against it, but I've found that if you tell people what you make, they're more open to telling you what they make, you yeah. know, it's kind of, that's how that exchange yeah. happens is your life. Like, I don't hey. know. I, I tried, I've tried that plenty of times and people just look like I'm an alien or an asshole when I say how much I make and like, they, they're just like, Oh, you shouldn't have said that. I don't know yeah. what you're on about. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had people do it and, and like, I, I, I know that I've, I've probably told this story before, but I told a guy what I made and, uh, he didn't tell me what he made, but he went and got himself a raise based on me telling him what I made, you know? And like, uh, cause he was good. Like, what happened was good. I was at a position below him. You know, because I just never moved up yeah. in the company. I was, they were like, yeah, hey, why don't you uh, apply for this, this promotion? And I just didn't do it ever because sure. I, I didn't want to. Right. And uh, um, this guy had gotten the promotion and was in the position above me at the, at this time. And uh, he told me how he, he said something like, I, you know, I'm doing okay. I got a little raise. And uh, I was like, I make sixteen fifty an hour, and he was like, "What?" And I I said it again, and then he was like, "I'm gonna go talk to my boss." And he came <laughs> up to me 
a couple of days later and he's like, I got a nice little raise out of this. I think he was making $12 an hour. Oh my God. I was God. making $4 an hour more than him in a position beneath him yeah. with like less skills, literally less. I had less skills, but I, I had, I had been there longer than him. Sure. You know, like I had more time. Right. But like, uh, that's still not right. You right. know, you should make more than me no matter what. Right. So, I mean, it's always, uh, I don't me, know if it's not right. I mean, uh, it depends on your situation and what you need and how long you, you know, there's loyalty and, uh, seniority and skill. And there's a lot of factors to consider, but open communication and, you know, is the first step. I don't, you know, yeah. I, just I don't mean, know that's why what, it can't be easier to talk about because it's like that in the workplace. It's conditioning. We've all been conditioned not to talk about our money situation. That's why I, that's why I think there's how a lot of, we unconditioned. I don't how know. Do we deprogram that shit guys. That's, Come on. I mean, that's sort of what we you do. Talk to people, you talk to us every day and, and we try to open these things up. Uh, like, I don't know. What can you do? Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I don't have like I don't, an, I, I, I don't mean, think it's possible. <laughs> possible. I it is, know. it is With decades. Uh, well, that's With what we do. That show what, yeah, that's what we right, try so to do. Guys. We try to get people to talk right, about what so they make. I make, I make, uh, $15 an hour cash, uh, running around with a, a weed whipper and, I'm uh, I'm pulling some state funds, uh, from, uh, an old job that I used to do in a warehouse. I think I got about for uh 13 or 14 dollars an hour for that and uh i'm i'm wicked fast on like a keyboard i got skills and shit but that's not the important part it's just what are you doing what are you making so what about you guys what do you make what do we make um yeah well i i mean 3500 a month 3500 dollars a month I fuck no idea. Uh, I get paid by the month. See, yeah, we get paid by the month. <laughs> like we we get our paycheck off of Patreon, and we get thirty five hundred each a month. And then uh, so you're uh, working a Patreon and like doing a bunch of uh, shows and promotion, and people support you, and you get like thirty five hundred a month to split between the two of you, or no each. each of you. That's each what we us. take home each. Cool. And, and then, then I make a little more for and like, other and stuff. And the tax bill, yeah, that's cool without taxes that run we run a household and that's run a household and pay your bills and like Well, one of the bills that comes with that is a $6,000 tax bill is what we both yeah. owe this year. <laughs> we do owe a bunch of money in taxes though. Still. Oh yeah, cuz you're uh independent independent to Yeah, we're business. self-employed. Right. We owe like a there's a self-employment self-employed. tax. There's it's a bunch of shit. Yeah, so you're just making your life work. I get it. That's I get it. Best just, as we can. I just think we got to break down these barriers, man, and just like put numbers out there and just be totally transparent. Say like, I'm making this, I'm doing this, and just see where everybody's at. And then the more communication we all have, guys, the better it all go for all of us down here in the gutter. You know. I mean, that's why we don't hide the Patreon money. That's why people know yeah. what this business brings in every month. You can just go to Patreon and look. And see basically what see, this business brings in see, every month. They think we split that though, and that's, I, they half, that's half the Patreon is what we're you know. Yeah, we take half the Patreon. Like we split twenty five percent each. That's how the that's how yeah. the Patreon, and then the rest of it goes back into running a business, <laughs> which is uh, uh, expensive. It turns out the more you sure. make, the more expensive the business becomes. Yeah, I mean, I was just laying it out there, too, like my situation. I, I work in slave in a warehouse for, uh, you know, 
12, 13 dollars an hour. My wife does some uh, part time in a restaurant. We we get a little kickback from the government on those stimuluses for the the one kid we got, and we just make a life work. You know, uh, just think everybody should talk a little more about where their money's coming in and yeah. going out, and how how we all make it work. Just just communicate, you know. Yeah, I think it'll help everybody. I mean, that's always been sort of what we we try to do on here. We try to be as open about like our financial situation and stuff like that on the show. I think, you know, we let people know what's going on. Obviously you can't do a show every week where you just say, this is how much I make. And this is how much I pay, but like, this is how, well, but this is also how you make peanuts like this and get a boat. If you want to not, or, happening. I'm not know. getting a boat. You could squeeze a boat off. I know. Cause You're, you don't love the sea, right? You don't love it. You don't want it enough. I'm Yeah. That's probably true. You need a bitch in Camaro. Bitch in Camaro. That's Brett. I I want a truck. I want a large truck. I had a Camaro. My first car was a Camaro when I was 16. I loved it. Yeah. Rear wheel drive. Bitch in Camaro. I ran over my neighbors. Yeah. That's my jam. Bitch in Camaro. I liked that song growing up. <laughs> well, Everybody did. Thanks for calling. We appreciate right, guys, it. That, we got, I mean, that's, we got more people that's to mostly go. mostly what I was... Uh, Talk about it. thanks, guys. Sweet, thank Peace. you. Well, now everybody Peace. knows how much I make. I know. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed too. I feel like they assumed everybody assumed I was way richer than I am. I think they always do. They, I think they do think that we each bring home seven grand, <laughs> yeah, a month, and uh, we're just doing great. But no, we have like a lot of employees, and we have like uh, uh, just a business. I don't know why. But business just means money just flies up into the air. Yeah. It just, it's like, it's pretty there's wild no to money. See. It's yeah. wild to see. <laughs> yeah. And that tax bill is going <laughs> to really rip me a new asshole. Yeah. I'm not even sure how I'm going to do it yet. <laughs> more payments. Oh, more, yeah. More payment plan. That's, I heard about, yeah, payment plan is where it's at. We're looking at a payment plan. All right. Uh, let's jump on the phone uh, with a guest caller here. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hi, my name's Elaine. I go by 45th Absurdist on Twitter. Hey, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing fine this evening. How are you? Huh, okay. We're doing good. stoned. I think the show's gone good yeah, so far. We've all had good great calls. convos. Yeah. Interesting stuff. It's hit all the everything. But um, I, I reached out to you because you are, you do, you are in Portland right now. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get some on the ground reporting uh, from people that are there to let us know what's going on. Yeah, um, I've been in Portland reporting since I think May 29th. I've been reporting about three to five nights a week. So that what does that entail Along with the other folks in our group? Right. What does reporting um, entail for you? Reporting for us entails being on the ground, filming police, filming protesters, um, trying to, we do a lot of live tweeting of the protest to keep people updated with what's happening every evening, as well as going out to jail support, interviewing protesters and arrestees, um, and trying to get a bigger picture of how things are changing over the course of the month. Right on. Months that have passed. Yeah. Uh, so... Like, um, how long have you been? How long have you lived there? Are, are you a lifer? Or? About a decade. Okay. 
Okay. Um, and, and I guess, uh, what, what is your, how do you, where do you, how do you feel the, the situation has changed now that we're over a hundred days into it? Um, what do you think, what do you, where do you think, uh, the initial stuff started and, and what has it morphed into? Well, Portland has a interesting history of a lot of historical racism uh-huh. in the city. It was Oregon itself was founded as originally to be in a whites only state. Right. And Portland has been grappling with that history for a long time. Um, compared to other major cities that are having these protests happen in them. It's a very white city with a much uh, smaller population of people of color in general. But because of that, it has some very entrenched racism, Mm -hmm. not to mention an incredibly powerful police association that is, has a very long history of racism and brutality, brutality against, people of color, as well as being cited by even a investigation by the Department of Justice a few years back because of the police hit habit of shooting people in mental health crises. Yep. Um, and they also have historically, you know, there was a huge white supremacist problem with, in Portland in the 90s with neo-Nazis and racists. And a lot of that is also deeply, has a lot of deep ties to the police department with you know, a officer named Mark Kruger that was erecting Nazi memorials on public land. Come on. Who didn't get fired, although the person, although the, but the person who reported him uh, ended up being drummed out of the police force. So people's issues with the police, police department are very deep, and the police department and its incredibly strong police union has been very resistant to any changes over decades. And so I think that as this protest started in support and solidarity with George Floyd to begin with, it really struck a nerve with marginalized communities and people who have issues with the entrenched racism and brutality that the Portland Police Department has had for decades and decades and decades. Um, As things have changed, there's been a really interesting turn with the mayor who is also the police commissioner very deliberately siding with the downtown business association which has blamed all of their covid losses specifically on the george floyd protest even though those that was completely disproven and they had claimed those losses due to covid previously yeah yeah and um been incredibly resistant to making any changes including uh, other people on the city council trying to get him to hand off the police department that he's the commissioner of because he hasn't done anything to rein them in in any way, shape or form or, um, and people pushing for a very, for some substantial budget cuts and those really not being met. But I do think that the protests have had a lot of different waves being first off solidarity and really bringing up the entrenched issues that the PPB had and then when the feds came in, I think the month of July was really dedicated to people being very upset at federal law enforcement, taking over some of the police roles in the city. And now as we are in August, a lot of the focus had returned back to the Portland Police Bureau 
but now is dealing with the collaboration between our governor and the federal administration deputizing some of the state troopers as federal officers and now doing kind of a weird backdoor federal enforcement as well. And that's the thing that's changed in the last few weeks. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. Um, and, and so on the ground, um, are, are there like permanent setups being like being erected? Uh, or do people have like a long-term plan out, out of this or are you saying what, what are there groups that are coming together to, you know, keep the pressure on them or is it just the, it's the will of the people, I guess, and, you know, like they just want to keep it going. A lot of people want to keep it going. Um, there's been some, there's been a very large push for continuous pressure. There are organizing groups working that have been around for many years, like don't shoot Portland that are doing really good work on an administrative and judicial level in the city working on trying to get but uh, changes made. There's pressure that's been put by care, not cops and care Oregon, but are doing things for trying to do defunding work um, in terms of protests. There's, existing groups that have stepped up it, but a lot of it is really grassroots organizing. Uh, Newer groups that have stepped up, there was Rose City Justice. Now there's the Portland Black Youth Movement that are doing a lot of continuous protests and um, regular weekly and daily action as well. But a lot of it is just really on indigenous organizing rising up from the city hmm. and people working together to keep pressure on. Um, but by and large, it's interesting because I think due to Trump's comments and a lot of the things that have been broadcast on a national level, Portland's getting a lot of attention, even though for being on the ground, you know, a lot of the things like there's fires and stuff are very small dumpster fires and really nothing compared to what has actually been seen in other cities in terms of looting or burning businesses or yeah. the types of really intense actions. But Portland is getting a lot of attention right. just because it's been a very continuous slow burn. Yeah. That's what I have to wonder. Um, we, we went to uh, the J 20 protest when Donald Trump was in, inaugurated and, um, there was a moment that we were, we were right next to the burning limousine after I'd been lit on fire. Um, concussion grenades were going off with regularity. And um, w- there was a moment where you just had to take a break. And we walked about two blocks away. And I just remember this woman running uh, with headphones in. And she had no idea what was happening. Yeah. And there was just like this street battle. And she was like fully decked out in her best athletic gear and just ran right past us. And we really, we had just been like, trying to test the authority of the fucking police and uh, they had no idea what was going on. So is it like an isolated situation or, you know, are, are you know, what is the, the layout of the city? I guess like, is, is there no go zones yet? <laughs> no, 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 no go zones. Um, when the federal officers were in town, the area around the federal courthouse and the city, the main, uh, the main precinct downtown, there was pretty much actions every single evening. Okay. And the police have definitely made their presence 
known and also really raised, raised awareness of their actions by tear gassing large swaths of the city when there are protests at the precincts. Um, last night was an example. There was a protest that was trying to get to the East Portland precinct and the police just utterly tear gassed a huge area of suburban neighborhood near their pre- yeah. near the precinct in order to prevent protesters from getting anywhere near. But the actions themselves are fairly isolated. It's pretty easy in most situations to walk a block or two away and mostly have not realized that things are going on. Honestly, federal and officer tear gas, or uh, especially in the early days downtown when they would end and worked on dispersing protests by uh, declaring the entire quarter of the city that is downtown Portland um, off limits and then driving around in riot vans and just shooting riot munitions off the vans okay. at fleeing groups of two or three people um, made made it more obvious than anything that the protesters have particularly done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. That's what it seems to, it seems to be that like the reason that it's looked like looked at as sort of this, this, out of control situation is because you know if you turn on fox news they are reporting on portland they're one of the only people reporting on portland not i mean one of the only mainstream things that Mm -hmm. that are reporting on portland and um you know they make it they do make it look like a war zone and like just being experienced and being at these sorts of actions and stuff like that you know this is something that like if you live right in that area, which generally these things don't even happen where people live, then you're not affected by it at all, really, unless you're there. But uh, I think they have people freaked out enough that it's like, yeah, it's roving mobs running through the streets and ripping like suburban people out of their homes and, you know, you know, dying their hair green. Yeah, um, <laughs> dying their hair. Uh, so I, I mean, the only things I've seen of that is streets being tear gassed and residents coming out of their houses. There's been a few instances of people coming out of their houses because their houses were getting tear gassed and then getting arrested by the police for being in an area that was declared off limits. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah. That, I heard that about uh, uh, Seattle. That was happening a lot, too, was where like people were walking at that people were had to close their windows in their apartment because uh, they were tear gassing. They were filling the streets with tear gas yeah. and you just couldn't get away, you know? Uh, so that, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so I, I also want to ask um, as far as like, what, what about like the, the right wing response? Like, have you been out there when these, the Trump parade came through with the, with the paintball yeah. guns and all that stuff? Were you, were you out there? Yes. Um, there's been various big right-wing actions. Actually, the week before the Trump parade, there was a large right-wing uh, protest, back the blue, um, rally against Marxism, whatever that's supposed to be. <laughs> a couple what? of things that came Marxism. together downtown. Okay. Um, uh, and that was definitely pretty intense um having been around for some of the alt-right and proud boy rallies that have happened in the city before it was a rather large group of proud boy and far right 
people that came out, um, I guess it was at this point, two weeks ago. And that was pretty intense, um, especially because those folks are, you know, coming armed and showing off guns. And there was a firearm shot in the air a few weeks ago. And some of the stuff that's really led up to some of the more recent violence that's occurred. And definitely, you know, while there was someone shooting paintballs at the Trump parade, the car caravan last weekend, the week before that, they uh, they were definitely shooting those hard those hard plastic practice pellets and got some bruises from those because they were just shooting. Yeah, yeah, at people like airsoft, I guess. But yeah, we no, 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 no. It was. Um, they were the practice paintballs there. The, oh. Yeah, the size of a marble and just about as hard that you can shoot a paintball gun. Fuck. Oh, I get it. They, oh, that sucks. Fuck. Wow. They were shooting the Trump people. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> well, it, I mean. Yeah, one of the other people I work with a lot had his hand broken by oh. someone swinging a metal baton. Fuck. Yeah. Like a base stick man situation. That guy. Uh, yeah. so yeah, it sounds like, I, I mean, uh, are you sort of optimistic about maybe something coming out of this, whether it's just like more organization, more organizing between organizations or like as even as far as like really, you know, kind of getting some of the funding taken away from the police. I don't know. We have a pretty big mayoral race. They'll be coming up. Um, one of the candidates has a huge public safety plan that does involve quite significant defunding and refunding of other services. I think that's something that Portland really, really needs to happen. Um, we have a lot of resources. You know, there was a first response, like men- people, mental health crisis clinic that as part of PPB budget cuts a few years back, uh, they closed down because the police had not been using it to take people in mental health crises to. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely work that needs to be done that is, there's a lot more pressure for those things to happen. And I think that in when the mayoral race happens in November, that could be a really big game changer for some of those um, because of really blatantly illegal actions that have been happening by the police Bureau during these nightly actions, I think it's raising awareness of a lot of the things that they're doing that are illegal and also bring, going to be bringing them, honestly, quite a few lawsuits, both the reason that now there's a lot of various TROs in place for not arresting legal observers and press, but also the way that they've been assaulting people that has been documented by those of us that are on the ground, which I think um, is a lot of the most important work that the press that is local and been on the streets is doing is filming these really brutal arrests and these pretty intense abuses of power to bring that as notice and also providing the document evidence when people are bringing these lawsuits because, you know, the police are during arrests punching people in the head and breaking their nose and smashing their faces into the pavement and, doing these things that are not necessary and are incredibly illegal, as well as large amounts of mass arrests and charges of people that are following police instructions and dispersing given directions 
And I think that as these lawsuits start really rolling in, that will probably encourage the city to do some significant defunding or renegotiate police contracts. If not, then I actually don't know what's going to happen because if the city continues on its path of really trying to downplay and ignore the abuses that are happening, the protests are going to continue. And the fact that they've gone on now for a hundred days and last night, the march started with a, probably about a thousand people and that wow. they're still pulling these types of numbers Yeah, is, you know, on a regular night, it's probably around between 150 to 300 people, but that's happening on a, you know, on a Monday night, on right. a Tuesday night. Yeah. It's incredible. And I don't see the idea that they're going to die down without some significant concessions and well. repercussions for the violence that's been happening to citizens in the city. I mean, it's also happening at a time where, like, if this was any other year, me and Brett would have probably flown out there a few times and spent some days there, you know? It's happening at a time where, like, people can't really travel to gather at a place like this, you know, and it can't be covered. And I, I, I think it's very impressive that people like you are, are covering this thing and like making sure that the word gets out about this stuff and that that many people from that city and from that surrounding area are able to do this every night to keep the energy going for over a hundred nights. Because yeah. I have watched so, the energy die down here. I watched the energy die down, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's it's impressive that, you know, there there has to be a pretty decent organizational infrastructure in Portland that this is able to happen. Yeah, and I think this year is really, it's, I think it's an important year, the same way people look at years like, 1968 with some of the worldwide protests and uprisings and things that were happening or when Martin Luther King Jr. died and protests that were happening and, you know, hundreds of cities were having riots and rebellions because if it was just Portland, I don't know if it would have continued, but the fact is, is that it's not Portland. It's, Anger that never went away after Ferguson because things weren't yeah. done. It just got swept under the news. It's anger when the shooting in Kenosha happened. It's yeah. anger when then afterwards protesters were being shot in the streets. It's yeah. the anger. It's inspirational. With, it's This story is happening over and over again. And it's also happening at a time when people are losing their jobs and they're losing their houses. And, you know, in May, at the beginning of May, people were discussing, well, are, are there going to be general strikes? Are there going to be housing strikes? Are there going to be rental strikes? And that frustration and that fear and the joblessness and quarantine and COVID have not stopped. And I think this is an outlet for both the complete rage against against the racism that has never gone away, but also the entire situation in which people are being treated as less important than property and less important than keeping the economy running. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I don't, I can't have seen a situation in the last five years where these circumstances ha- would have come together the way they're coming together right now. And the fact that nationally police are not, are responding with more violence and more brutality nationwide, I think is also the thing that's fueling it. Like you cannot have nationwide protests against police brutality met with more murders. Yeah. 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 They're, they're, yeah. They're fucking, they're, they're ruining it. <laughs> Nobody's listening. No one's paying attention. The presidential candidate for the Democrats doesn't give a shit. And, uh, I think that you're right. It is a, it is a, it's a candle like burning in the night that for all of us is something to look forward to look to as like this sustained, uh, disruption of the world until things change. I mean, it's, it's, and it is, you know, you know, Brian and I, like, we don't try to do a heavy handed or like really woke show, but you know, like we are related to the racists, you know, the same way that Oregon has to deal with like all the relatives and all the fucking, white people that live there and that are doing this racist shit. Like this is, this is a project that is on our backs and uh, it makes sense that an area uh, that, that was created for that purpose is the first one that has to go full fucking disruption, you know, uh, until things are different because uh, you know, they, they are, they're off, what they're offering for the vote is not anything that is going to help this problem. So it's up to us to focus on the things that we want to get done, you know, and, and there's so many ways yeah. in, in this moment in time to get involved with pointing the world in the direction that we want to see. Yep. Well, thank you for calling in. Uh, that was good. That, yeah, that was it was great. We really were like for two weeks, <laughs> for two or three weeks, we were like, ah, people from Portland will call in. But it's like they are like busy doing yeah protesting yeah and it's, we don't ever me and brett don't ever think about the fact that it's three hours earlier there either. yeah so and it's I, like i try to nail people down too that were like <laughs> on the ground but they're like i can't nobody can know where i'm calling from and i'm gonna like hide my number and all of this so it, it was great to have you uh you are a wellspring of information i'd love to have you back 45 uh you're doing wonderful work out there um if you want to follow along you are you are available at what is it? 45 45th Absurdist. 45th Absurdist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- and th- yeah, it is not just myself. There's a couple of us that are working on that project and trying to do some reporting. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Medium. Yeah. And, and where else do you, I mean, is there any other places you recommend or, for people to get dialed into to the news of what's happening there? Uh, for, there's a lot of really fantastic people on the ground. Uh, Garrison Davis at Hungry Bowtie. Uh, Robert Evans, I write okay. He also does the Worst Year Ever podcast, oh, yeah. Behind the Bastard. He's out on the streets on a regular basis with us. Um, there's Mr. Ol- Sergio Olmos, Mr. Olmos. He is out more often than anyone else I know, as well as um, Portland documentarians. There's um, a lot, you know, Portland has really no matter what kind of reporting people were doing before and some of us that weren't really people stepped up very early and have made this pretty much their entire lives. Um, the Portland Mercury was, is a weekly, but has absolutely fantastic coverage of what's going on with uh, Zelensky. There's a lot of really fantastic folks doing really yeah. amazing work. Yeah, that's here. great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. 45th, the, absur- the absurdist on Twitter. 
Uh, we appreciate the call. Have a good one. Peace. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, really great. That was uh. Yeah, that was. I'm easy. so intimidated by like people the people that, that are on the ground there, people. and I'm bad at interviews. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I usually just you do the interviews. In that like sort of realm, oh, they were for like, the whole street fight thing, you know. I mean, that felt like I was softballing, but we have like had no rapport. They had no idea what I was going to ask them, but it was just like go off. Like I just was like yeah. throwing shit. No, go you're off. you're you're great at that shit. Like I'm good. I like at- to set people up to succeed. I think mm-hmm. that like I like important part of my like moral compass and like my build is I don't want to be too jealous. And I want people to like be the best. Like I want to. I, I don't want to be the shining star all the time. I like to like be an assistant. I want to help somebody be like great at their what they do. You yeah, know? I've always saw it. I, this is like kind of behind the scenes shit, but I always saw it as like you're good at interviews and I'm good at just. I'm good at like making a show. Sure, you know what I mean. Like that's so I can do it with other people. And make a show, but like if it's down to getting information out of the other person, don't depend on me. Yeah. I'm bad at it. I don't know how to ask the questions. I'm too self-centered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the I like the winding conversation. You know, I think sometimes it gets too talky talky and people throw too much, but I, I wanna be clear uh with with it uh and and you know make sure that we get like the answers to what I really want to know. Yeah. 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 Don't for wanna, sure. Don't want to dance around it. All right. Let's see our next caller here. We're going to have to go to speed mode after this. We got 40 minutes. Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up? This is Juan in San Diego, California. What's up, Juan? How's it going? Beautiful San Diego. Not bad. It's beautiful, but it's fucking hot. Another hot day today. I think my part of town reached 106 degrees. Was just seeing um, the pictures like, of the weather apps today from <laughs> California, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's uh, it's beautiful yeah. here." I can tell you I that. Can mess with that. <laughs> sure, I'll fight the sun. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, we did get a little bit of shade today because uh, there's a big ass fire um, in the east part of our okay. county um, that's burning a bunch of. Um, Parts of uh, the the wildlands, the backcountry. Yeah, um, well, that's you don't want evacuations that. happening and that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think one of my coworkers just got evacuated um, earlier today, um, so it's pretty crazy. Um, I don't know if you ever experienced a big wildfire like that. But nope. <laughs> when the smoke reaches your area, um, it just feels like really apocalyptic. Yeah, I can imagine. I can't really explain it. No, I mean, we've seen, um, I mean, the, just the videos, the the proliferation of like, uh, yeah, vertical video. Whenever it's vertical, I know a professional didn't <laughs> shoot that shit. And when you're driving down the highway and it's just ripped in flames, it looks like, uh, it, <laughs> and it's just like, all right, that's a, that's a little ominous. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, it's not yeah. gonna, it's not gonna go past the hill line yeah. over there. Don't worry about it. And you're yeah. like, I don't know, I don't like to see it. <laughs> I don't want to let them fucking looking at it right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's never been. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would struggle to even think of a time where I saw a house fire. Yeah. Like, I can't even think of a time where I saw one happening, you know? One of our longtime listeners, uh, John and Sarah, they they uh, had, like, bug out bags ready to go, which is one of those moments where 
it's like a thought experiment <laughs> for me. Like, oh, what's my important, what's my most important shit that can fit in 40 liters of duffel bag? Yeah. But like to actually be on edge, like what do you, you can't do anything else except for be like, I hope that fire don't fucking get here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it yeah. really. I mean, I would be so, I don't like, you know, the thing is I don't have a lot of like priceless stuff, you know? Smart. So mostly have carnival glass frames on a bunch of fucking mirrors junk. on the wall. Yeah, I have just a bunch China. of junk, really. I, I, I mean, you got I, some Rory Blank original. I do. I actually do have good art on my walls. Uh, Drew toothpaste and Rory Blank stuff hanging on my walls. <laughs> so I will say that the, I would probably try to save that. But I'm just saying, like in the grand scheme of things, there's probably five hundred dollars worth of stuff in my apartment. Yeah, <laughs> I would guess. And and a lot of that's t-shirts, which yeah. I would bring in my bug out bag. It would just be neatly folded shirts. <laughs> just t-shirts. Neatly folded t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I live in a part of town where uh, I don't have to worry about. Uh, I mean, if a fire reached a wildfire reached my area, then shit would be pretty fucking bad. So, um, so it's not the, it's not the forefront of my mind. So I don't really have a bug out bag. But, I mean, since we're in California, all of us are technically supposed to have one because, you know, if the big one hits or whatever, like, we got to self-sustain ourselves for a minute just in case. Um, but, yeah, so whatever. Um, uh, I'm calling tonight because uh, I ran into my first shoeless masker at a store uh, yesterday. Ooh, bare, oh, barefoot is legal. Masks are mandated. Barefoot is legal. Ma- yeah, exactly. Man- I follow the law, but and the law says you have to wear a mask. Don't say <laughs> shit about shoes. What is the what was yeah? What were what was the? Pe- I saw a shoeless guy one day downtown, downtown Columbus, Ohio. Right, main street, high street. Right, that's the main drag that's through the, the city where all the stuff is. And I saw a man walking down the street without shoes Just on. slapping he, on the pavement? He was wearing a mask. <laughs> he, he was wearing a mask. But it just was like, this isn't somewhere where you sh- I just don't feel like... I feel like that's a place where you have shoes. No, you got to build up a callus. Uh, see, see, that's what's weird. So where did you see a shoeless person? Was it in a store? Yeah, it was uh, at a, a restaurant. It was the uh, Little Caesars. I went to oh, pick no. up a Han Ready. Um, <laughs> I went to pick up a Han Ready, but they didn't have any Han Readys ready, uh, coincidentally. Um, so I ordered a pizza, um, and I went outside. I, and I, I noticed the guy standing there, but I didn't notice he didn't have any shoes at, at first. Yeah. I turned around, and went out, I went outside to, to wait whatever minutes, and then I went back up inside, and um and the guy goes up to the register and i look down at his feet and he has no shoes on but he has like a mask on so that's like my concern nowadays i'm just looking around to see if people would have a mask or not when i go inside yeah. places <laughs> like, Me too. Not, like i don't give a fuck about shoes anymore <laughs> yeah i also um, get really i also get like really when somebody's not wearing a mask inside of a place i get this like rage that builds up in my body would never do anything. I would never act on it. I just look at them and like I'm giving them dirty looks behind a mask. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like oh, <laughs> fucking piece of shit, man. Yeah. yeah. You know? 
<laughs> like it just makes me so mad. But uh, uh, did they say anything to him at Little Caesars? Which, by the way, Little Caesars no. is the type of place where they probably get a lot of shoeless customers. Yeah, I would say that you shouldn't be required yeah, yeah. to wear shoes to get out and ready. <laughs> if you're just gonna be in there, like to get it, I mean that's that's a limited amount of time. But keep definitely keep that COVID exhaust. Keep that mouth covered the fuck up. Yeah, keep I will say nose, this though. Yeah, yeah. The, the the so the mouth is the exhaust. The nose is the fucking vacuum that infects you. Like <laughs> that's how you would think of yourself now. So you have to trust. The, yeah. I I want to p- point this out to you because uh, we we got a we got a lot of callers on hold. But I want to point this out to you. You maybe are losing a little bit of uh, uh, vigilance because you did notice the no shoes. But I guess if you look at a person's face and they're wearing a mask, you're then allowed to look to see if they meet all the outdoors and public (laughs) requirements. Yeah. Yeah. He he had a pretty serious mask on. I'm pretty sure it was like a N95 mask. Um, he was wearing it properly because he could have fucked around like no shoes with like a shitty mask or whatever. Yeah. Um, and just like forced people to deal with him. Um, but he had a really good mask on and um, he was just standing in front of the inside the store um, like the whole time, I guess. Yeah. If you um, and uh, as far as I know, the, the employees didn't say anything to him. No, they shouldn't. Like Brett just said, yeah. COVID don't get in your feet. Don't you can't get your it feet. from your feet. Yeah. It's fine. You know, yeah, and you're probably not that. eating with your feet unless you're a freak. No, you're out in there. You're hot and ready. You need to get it out and go. Yeah. You're not like smelling your feet. You're not like putting your face on your feet. So I think bare feet is safer than bare hands. We should honestly be wearing fucking gloves over shoes. <laughs> gloves over shoes. Gloves over documentary. shoes. Okay. I'm against that, <laughs> by the way. Mm-hmm. But gloves over shoes should be the barefoot is legal fucking mantra yeah it's like you have to wear gloves <laughs> you want to spend money okay. to be they safe why don't you pair ni- buy a pair of nice reusable gloves <laughs> yeah yeah well Juan, thank you for calling in uh uh that is a yeah, really sure. highly encouraging story yeah i like it uh just one thing to plug if that's okay yeah of course uh on instagram uh they only have an instagram page unfortunately it's sd bell fund um it's obviously a bell fund for a bunch of protesters and other people as well that, you know, they need bell, um, get out of jail and stuff like that. So SD bell fund on Instagram. All right. The DD McClure bail fund. That's the one. All right. I'm on it. I'm following. It's just SD bail fund. Yep. All right. I'm in. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. There's hope. There's hope for our, you know, people think that thinking the earth is flat and they don't have to wear shoes is like nonsense, but you know, that's not an outrageous way to live your life. You know? I, like, I you think can follow all of the communicable, communicable disease information and also need your feet to breathe. You know what? My shoes are so too damn wide. My, my feet are too wide for sh- some shoes. And I suffer from a, a Morton's neuroma. And uh, I need to just flatten that shit out. I need to like get my bare foot on the ground sometimes you are sh- a shoeless a dude a lot of times you're you you know you're a shoeless guy most of the time you know i'm what? with you also not having a dog or not having a dog in the backyard and being able being able to run around without expecting to step on dog poop is like the best feeling in the world because all my life i could never go outside because i was going to step in dog poop accidentally if i had too much fun 
you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah. I mean, I never was a shoeless guy. I, I tell you, I told the story hey, when I was 17, when I was 17, I was out on my front porch smoking. I flicked my cigarette butt in the yard and I got up and went to walk across the yard and I burned the bottom of my foot. That's one occasion. That makes you tough. Number two. That makes you tough. It hurt real bad. For some of the, like when kids get hurt, some of them, I'm like, you need to get over this. You need to learn how to get yeah. over this level of pain. <laughs> that well, is, that's a heavy level of pain, though, stepping, stepping on a on cigarette. A but People do that for, you know, sexual No, they don't. And, and then the other thing is, like, I just got stung by a couple bees in, in my, like, early adult life where it's just like, no, I'm a shoe guy. Dude. I'm uh, always going to wear shoes now. I'm never going to walk in the grass without shoes on. One of my proudest moments ever was uh, we went to, we didn't go there. We got invited to Williamsburg, Virginia. We were trying to do anything besides like the colonial shit. So we went to the James River and I was walking barefoot and I stepped on a bee and I got to, it was hanging out of my foot and I got to pull it out in front of my wife and kid. And they thought I was like the toughest guy in the world. They thought I was a fucking cowboy. They <laughs> thought they were just like, this is unbelievable. You got stung by a bee and you're going to play in the in the river and everything. This is amazing. That's ridiculous. But, you it's know, cool. it's powerful, I guess. Yeah, but I didn't I, throw them in. I didn't. How eat old it. were you? I, I don't know. Eight. No, when Charlotte was. Oh, it's like five shit. or six years ago. Yes. Getting stung by a bee hurts. But I think that's what I mean. You can show off. <laughs> I was a dude that like. I got stung by Charlotte a bee. Was probably four. This is probably like five or six years. Well, she was. She's older now. I don't know her age anymore. This is probably like four years ago. Yeah, I, I was, lived in D.C. I get stung by bees. I I'm also a guy that is like really afraid of uh, uh, needles. So yeah, like even just getting stung by a bee is like getting a shot to me. Is like getting any like any of that stuff. I'm like I just I'm afraid of them. Yeah, that's why I didn't get on heroin. When I had my opioid problem, it just that I knew heroin was never going to happen. Yeah. Or intravenous heroin. Yeah. I just knew it was never going to happen because I would never choose needle. to shoot myself up with a needle. And it's not the pain. It's the fact that you're sticking something in my vein. Yeah. That I don't want to know I have veins. I don't like to see veins. I like to think that I gained weight so I wouldn't have to see my veins anymore. Yeah, I'd probably quit drugs for one night if you could go to a place and just get stung by a bunch of bees and no. just fucking try to survive it. Just That's like crazy. Live through that shit. Just go to a rave and then they release bees and everybody gets fucking stung like crazy. I mean, I you also power through and have the best night of your life. I also have to say that, like, my brother got stung by a bee when we were young, when he was very young, and they found out he was allergic. Yeah, and like he when he couldn't breathe anymore. We didn't know he he really couldn't. Yeah, we had to take yeah. him to the hospital. Oh yeah, I know. We had no I, idea. I remember those circumstances. He was allergic, and then all of a sudden he's allergic at at like nine or ten, and it, that's always scared me. It's like, what if I become allergic again? It's like, you know, for some reason that didn't happen with uh, um, poison ivy because I just will trounce through it every time uh -huh. because i haven't had it since i was in high school but then i i even think about that and i'm like remember that rash i had like yeah that could have been poison ivy i think well possibly yeah maybe it was i think it was the dub beauty bar you really think it was that did you put where did you when did you put poison ivy on your crotch are you, were you holding oh, poison ivy dear. and then you rubbed it all over your tank? i could have been holding so something i do and it's very weird and I, I guess like you make fun of me or whatever is like when I'm walking, I rip leaves. I pull leaves off and just uh, rip them. Yeah. And that was in that. 
Oh. But I do them in a, like a way where it's like when they have the veins, like a bunch of the veins, uh -huh. I rip every other one yeah. on each side. And then I got a cool little art piece, right? I like it. It's weird. I'm very embarrassed by it because I think it's a fucking really weird twisted thing. There's like parts of my walk where I know there are good trees uh -huh. and I get really good excited. It's like I'm coming up to the good, you know, tree where I can rip the leaves. Yeah. And uh, uh, Langoliers, that Stephen King movie. There was a character that would take paper and rip it, and it was it seemed satisfying. I remember watching it as a kid, and I'm like, I can see why you would do that. So I'd be ripping the leaves. Uh -huh. I ripped the leaves, and I thought maybe I grabbed maybe poison ivy, uh, and I ripped the poison ivy, put and then I scratched my nuts or took a piss or something like yeah. that, and then got it on there. But the rash was... First of all, I'm, you're not even supposed to say the rash was on my balls or my dick or my oh, asshole. No, I said it was. It was on my belly area. Yeah. That don't fucking take to the internet and say that I had a rash on my balls or my dick. It wasn't on my balls or my dick. It was on my legs. Ah. Uh, Just a clarification. If you say it was on my balls or my dick, I will sue you for libel. Okay. All right. We got any more calls here? Yeah, we got a whole gang of them. Really. Oh, geez. Come on. We got like we got 20 minutes. We got jump in, too. Well, Thanks no for jumping. Street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? My wife's here. Hey, fellas. It's uh, Lucas from Connecticut. How are you? What's up, Lucas? How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, actually, I'm a little, little shook because I'm an SEIU union member, and I just found out that apparently my union has some, uh, some Leos in it. I wasn't aware. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. I, but, you know, if there is a way to get, you know, if they're working on getting rid of it, it might be cops from, like, uh, uh, Portland. It might just be in Portland sort of thing. Well, it's good to be informed. Yeah, I looked on, but, like, if there's a, if there's a thing happening, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. I hadn't heard of the, uh, the SEIU uh, drop the cops thing until just now. So, uh, shout out to that caller. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um. So I had a uh, uh, small business tyrant story, but it's long. It's too long. So okay. <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother bother with it. But uh, yeah, I pre-order shirts, people. Get some shirts. Thank you. Get the shirt mask hey, combo. Brett long is gonna write. Awesome. Brett's gonna write your number down, and and we will get you on the air next Sunday. I don't, I can't promise that I'll be in, but if I can, I'll call in. Buy shirts. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. My name's Lucas. I'm on uh, Facebook as uh, Lucas B. Uh, as of recently, no relation to George B. Although uh, uh, we might get married someday. But, okay. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thanks for having me. Have hey, thanks for calling. Yeah. I'd love to officiate that, that wedding. That was responsible. Yeah. Because they were like, I'm not going to make you fucking Take work one for the time, my dude. Let's get this next one. Come on. Jump yeah, in. Go. 651. Not tonight. Yep, my wife's here tonight, so I gotta, you know. It's good, Adam. Hey, hey, Street Fight, what's up? What? Not a lot. Who's this? This is this is Jonathan in L.A., formerly of Dayton, Ohio. Oh, oh, oh I, you've called before, right? Yeah, yeah. I I I call in and tell I, I think really long stories sometimes, <laughs> but. Uh, I, I, I do want to reiterate what your guest had said about the Portland Mercury. The Portland Mercury, Mercury is a great paper, and if you want to know what's going on in Portland, you should follow them. All right. We will do that. That was a good idea. 
I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the same position as your first caller, where I, I used to live in Portland, uh-huh. but I'm not from there. And I, I, can, I, can, tell you my, I can tell you my theory of, of why Portland is, is the way it is. Sure. Okay, sure. Go for it. The street news. So, so I, I, I lived there, I, I guess, for about five years, ten years ago. When when Portlandia was was a new show, do, okay. do, do you remember that show? Yeah, I do. Put a bird on it, and and and, and so Portland has this reputation as being a, a the kind of the kind of the capital of, of quirk. But I, I I I lived there, and I kind of saw the way that old Portland is put together. And the thing about old Portland is that it's like all sailors and loggers and barmaids my kind and, of guys and so old, old and women. yeah old, old portland's a lot of incredibly tough people guys gals non-binary and people. sometimes yeah and so, so some of them you know some of them break right some of them break left but I, I, I think I feel like a lot of what you're seeing is just that that old Portland toughness is kind of coming out. They've been going at it for a hundred days. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. And, I... Yeah, and, and, and that's that, that's incre- that's incredible. And and kind of kind of kind of the reason why I, I kind of know a lot about this goes back to what you guys were talking about at the start of the show. Is that I, I used to spend a lot of time in boxing gyms down in Southeast Portland when I lived there. And so I, I, I fought with all these folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, I've done rounds with all these. I've done rounds with all these folks in Portland. And it's kind of like you were saying, you know, there's been a lot of times that I've gotten into the ring and it's been a situation like, well, I, I, I know that I, I'm going to get my ass kicked, but. That's just like that's just like how it goes, right? Like I'm a guy that has a pretty high pain threshold. I'll complain about it, but it doesn't necessarily bother me as much, you know. And uh, I just getting punched in the head is a whole other sort of pain threshold that I can't really yeah. deal with, you know. But you know, I broke my wrist yeah, and didn't no, like no, the, the first- crumple up or anything or called nine one one, but uh. uh I am. Uh, I I can't imagine boxing and then getting in the ring and knowing you are going to lose. You are going to lose, and it's going to hurt. Well, well. So no. So this this was actually more of the situation is that that there are you know all those gyms down there, and there, there are a bunch of fighters who are who are training to to actually fight, and there are a bunch of people who are doing it for fitness. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm kind of I'm kind of more on the fitness side. So I was spending all these hours at the gym just doing just doing conditioning. But but then it's kind of like on the weekends they kind of have unstructured time, and so so it always just kind of turned into Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. And 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 so there there are all these uh, there are all these good fighters out there, and if you're somebody who's in you know good enough condition to do like three good rounds or five kind of good rounds, then you're you're actually pretty pretty valuable at a gym because you you know when you get into the ring and go to fight with one of these people that they're not gonna they're not gonna knock your block off. They're just looking for a workout, and it's just your job. Just to chase them around, throwing punches at them, 
and making sure they get their workout. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. That sounds like the shit. I would yeah. love to punch people for my workout. <laughs> you can do that. Y- yeah. No, I can't. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it in me. <laughs> well. Yeah. And, and so it, it's, it's actually pretty tough to lay a glove on these guys. But uh, yeah, well, that, 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 that's my theory of, of why of why Portland is as tough as, as it is. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank we you. We appreciate the input and the call. Yeah. Uh, thank you for calling. We will uh, talk, talk to you again week. sometime, Peace. buddy. Um, somebody in the chat made a good point. Cointelbro underscore from Twitch. Said, that's actually me. From someone on the ground in Portland, honestly, the biggest reason it's continued is because of the nightly violence by the police. Nothing radicalizes like being on the receiving end of police violence for the first time. Makes you want to come out more. Yeah. Columbus did master this. We went there for the first couple. <clears throat> Sorry, I got so many burps in me. We went there for the first couple of days. It was concussion grenades, mace, all of that stuff. Uh, and then eventually they decided they wanted to play nice and that they were going to try to build a bridge or that they were listening or had open ears or they weren't, they weren't going to do this or that. And, and, and that did help the cause for sure. But yeah, it it ended up, you know, taking heat away in the same way that like electing a Democrat will take heat away from a lot of left causes. You know what I mean? Where it was like, we should have stuck with it because it doesn't seem like we're going to get anything meaningful out of it. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, yeah. All right. Next call. Thanks for calling. (coughs) Thanks for calling street fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey fellas. Am I on? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yep. Oh shit. What's up, boys? Um, I've been meaning to call for, like, years now, and I never got through, but I'll, I'll keep it quick. I know you're trying to wrap up. Uh, my name's Eddie. I'm from Lancaster, PA. Um, we've actually talked a little bit on Twitter. My handle is Eddie Lank Lank. Okay. It's kind of a joke. Lancaster City is in Lancaster County, so, like, local rappers and shit will be like, Lank Lank, and it's kind of funny. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like real tired. Guy. I don't really have anything to say. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of cool, but like super hokey too. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Z-Bus. Yeah, I mean, so. I think that like I think that like one of the big parts of Street Fight that made it popular was that we were proud of where we're from, and you know now at this point yeah. it's a joke in in the city that like oh everybody's so proud of being from Ohio or whatever it is, but at the same time we haven't had our place in the sun. Like no one is celebrating the fucking Midwest uh, or unless we do it for ourselves, and yeah. no one. No one's banging Lank Lank. No one is saying, you know, that you are the yeah. real deal, but you, you all y'all know you are. So you got to do it for yourself. Did we just lose the, I think we just lost the queue. I ran out of money. Well, I was trying to pay money. Also midnight. So I guess write down the numbers and we will get them next week. I deposited the money. And I didn't do it in fast enough. There was like 85 cents when I checked the balance. Damn. Well, and uh, sorry, listeners, we have to pay for this. So like, shit happens, you know, Lank Lank. I don't even know what that number was. Yeah. <clears throat> Lank Lank reach out. They said they're well, they said they're they said their Twitter thing. So, yeah, we'll make sure Lank Lank gets up front. Next right. Week. We'll get you on here. All right. Well, that's the call in show. Thanks for calling Street Fight. We appreciate it. 
Sorry for the technical difficulties. That it happens wasn't sometimes. like technical. It was more uh, financial. Financial <laughs> problem. I need to set up we auto. Need, I need to do an auto pay thing. We need to be more upfront about our money and the amount of hours we're putting in and the amount in our bank accounts. We need to be more upfront about that. And we just had 85 cents in the, uh, the Colin show costs like $60 a week to do. That's yeah that's, that's being up front yeah 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 that's about it uh 60 bucks uh thanks for listening to the show uh if you want more of what we do and want to support the show head to patreon.com we did de- we are making big changes this is happening this month october 1st is when all this takes place so you need to do it by the end of september uh the one dollar <clears throat> patreon subscription will get you access to all of shocktober volume one uh, and then we'll be releasing shows once a month. Uh, probably Holy Boys is, I think, what's going to be next. Three dollars is, di- is the digital zine and all those those shows. Five dollars is just going to be video and premium audio, like Holy Boys and Shocktober Two. Eight dollars digital zine and all that content. Twelve dollars a month. Now you'll just get the physical zine. We had to do all of that. If you head to patreon.com slash Street Fight Radio, I just did the second episode of Small Business Tyrants with Nick and Naomi from Means TV, and I broke it all down. Why the fuck we have to make changes? Yeah, and uh, uh, 21 days till Sharktober 2. Just going to throw that in there. Three weeks till Sharktober 2. Three weeks to go. Begins with Opie and Anthony. Yeah, that will be Brian and Felix uh, from Tropo Trap House covering uh, the... Shock jocks of the past. The, uh, the folks that paved the way for what hey, we do. Some are still there. You know. They're still doing things. Opie as well. still does it. Yeah. Anthony still does it. Jim True. Norton still does it. Howard Stern still they all still do. All the people I'm covering except for Don Imus, who we decided to pick up because he died. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Because you don't have to like keep that you dude. can you can do it one time and then next time you don't have to go back to it. No, dude, he was doing Shock jock shit though, in 1977. I know that motherfucker was telling dirty jokes on the radio during Watergate. I listened to yeah. stuff. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I mean, like some of the stuff that you showed me of his was like, like in historical context, it is hard to hard to make sense of. Right, I mean, the dude had, like, John McCain on his show. He had, like, fucking Mitt Romney. I listened to Mitt Romney cutting it up with him. Just really? telling jokes. Yeah, dude. Having a good time? Oh, I, if I sent you this audio, you wouldn't fucking believe it was Mitt Romney. They're in front of, like, a live audience. And Mitt just Romney's cooling? just fucking roasting Don Imus and, like, oh. making fun of him and shit. And they're, like... Have him like Imus is acting like, oh, you know, I don't want to mess with you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like, I was like, God damn, dude, that dude really was like powerful. He was like a powerful dude. To 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 have to have those guys come on. None of these other guys could have got Mitt Romney. Howard Stern could never get Mitt Romney. And he's probably the most likely to be able to get a guy like that. Yeah. You know, Don Imus, you almost, if you were a Republican. And even like John Kerry is another guy that goes on, went on there a lot. But if you were a Republican, you almost had to make peace with the fact that if you get to that Senate level, you might have to go on Imus's show, which is just, 
and Imus is like horrible, like yeah. racist, like just a real piece of shit. <laughs> so it's just a, it'll be an interesting show. Rush before, but Rush before, like what he, I mean, just like a, a complete foundational part of of that like of ideology. Really, but the thing is, he was not. He voted for Obama. Whoa, the first time he was. He he's like a centrist, but he is there's this type of liberal. Right. And I think me and you, I, maybe not. I don't want to speak for you, but for me, like when we first started this show, one of the cornerstone things for me was like Republicans can be nasty and mean and they can cross lines and they can be fucking edgy. And, you know, liberals, Democrats, leftists, they can't do that. And I'm yeah. going to change that. But I tried to do it in a way that aligned with leftist values. Yeah, shit that makes the flag sense. and the troops. Right. But like uh uh there are a lot of liberals and centrists that are like, we need to like fight fire with fire, but theirs is like by like calling Trump gay or calling yeah. women cunts and stuff like Be that. Be more racist. Yeah, yeah. And that to like, me we is can, like the we wrong can get, way. We can get honest about people of color a little bit, you know, <laughs> yeah. if it's going to win his vote. It's like yeah. what we really think. Yeah, and so the jokes always end up being, because they're trying to do jokes, they're trying to do insults, but they just do. And I think that's what I miss. Classic race. Yeah, just like the classics. Like, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm I'm saying something inappropriate right now. I'm saying yeah. I'm saying some racist thing you're not supposed to say, but you know I'm good. I'm a good guy. I'm know? one of the likable. I'm likable. I'm like, I'll nice. fucking dabble in racism if it's funny. I mean, I'm totally against racism. I find racism to be sickening, but then tells the same jokes that a yeah. conservative like Nick DiPaolo or Anthony Cumia would tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. there's a little. T I think Brett's gonna make it on the. Uh, uh, you know, on the Love Line episode, and I think uh, uh, there might be some other interesting guests that uh, uh, it's going to be fun. You yeah, know, I think it's awesome. going to be a very fun show. October 2, uh, debuting at the end of September. So if you sign up now, you don't have to pay until October. Uh, Brian and I's pay also does is like locked in where it's at. So since we're talking about things, uh, if, if you sign up and support us on Patreon, that goes to building the organization. Um, you know, we're trying to create bigger and better things and we're going to have a TV show here on means TV soon. And we'll give you some codes for a free month and all that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been incredible where this journey has led for both of us. And, and we're both appreciate every single person that puts up and, and, and agrees with and supports what we do. So we'll be back on Wednesday night. Um, I want to dig deep on some shit and, uh, that's street fight. Peace.